You are about to opt in to Monerotopia, a show for the Monero community where all are welcome to join. From noob to maxi, no matter what bags you hold. Just sit back and relax to the sweet sounds of Monero's latest progress. Or if you're feeling inspired, join us on stage. Remember, the only thing that can stop Monero is a false belief that it can be stopped. And if you want to win the revolution faster, we recommend you remove your XMR from all custodial exchanges immediately. Warning, boating accidents are common around here. Don't forget to properly secure your private keys. Monerotopia starts now. All right. Good morning. Good morning. All right. Good morning. How's the sound, Tux? How's the sound? It sounds fine. Sounds good. All right. What's up, man? How you doing? I'm doing all right. How about yourself? Pretty good, pretty good, pretty good. Busy day already. Yeah, I understand that. Yeah, yep. It's like I run and do stuff before this show. It's quite hectic. And then I got to run, jump on. But we keep it going. I think we've, been, ready, right? we've been like, we've been good. We hit like pretty much every freaking Saturday, 11. Just about, yeah. Uh, What do we got? We got uh, Squella Bitcoin as the guest today. Bring him on. Anything else we need to bring up? I don't think so, right? I think we could jump right into it. Uh, yeah, I don't think so. Then we'll go ahead and jump to the price report with body. I'll tell a squella to jump in the chat on the show. All right. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's do it up. Let's start with body. All right. Let's do it. The Monerotopia price report segment is sponsored by local Monero. Avoid using KYC exchanges. Buy and sell Monero directly for fiat peer to peer. Good morning, body. Morning, guys. Everybody GM to body in the chat. This guy gets up extra early compared to us to do this show. <laughs> uh, just one hour after the time change, it, it only it only became one hour. So. Oh. And yes, yeah. good morning, GM, GM, GM. Control V, Control V, Control V. <laughs> How's it How going? How you guys doing? Uh, I'm good. I'm good. Just hectic day. How you doing? Good. Okay. Still, um, still struggling with some, you know. Technical issues over here, but uh, one of us kind of, yeah. And sometimes when you start messing with stuff, weird things happen, and then it's just like, then I lost. Believe it or not, I lost a bunch of data. Not too much because it was Christmas, but um, it's my own fault for not doing some good backups. Bro, ZFS like ZFS screwed me. I I don't know what happened. Probably I just did something wrong. You know, late at night on not enough sleep, but um, it overrode a whole bunch of stuff in a very weird way. Uh, in a really weird way. So. That's funny because I was just about to say jokingly that RAID is not a backup, but I guess you were using uh, some sort of Z-RAID. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's like it is a backup, kind of. Like for a hard drive failure, sure. Um, especially with snapshots, like, okay, I deleted some files on accident that I didn't want to. Okay, let me roll back. I can get those. You don't even need to roll back. You just go into the different folder. It's great for that, but true backups should live at least on a different hard drive and they shouldn't be tied to your current RAID setup. You should like basically have to manually press a button that says, send this data to this other location that has nothing to do with them, um, ideally in a different box, but um, you know, at least in a different hard drive on your same box that has nothing to do with your other hard drives. But uh, Do you actually you know, delete something, or was it because of... There were some, uh, some weird bugs in ZFS recently that was causing data corruption that are fixed now. Um... Maybe it was one of those bugs. I don't know. I was trying to back up. Um, basically, I was trying to back up a set of virtual machines or jails, really. And I sent um, 
a whole data set to my backup. Uh, really, I should say, you know how you separate your, your root data from your user data? Well, I sent the root data to the user data and I told it to live in a completely different location, but then it overwrote all of my, or a lot of my data from like my user data. And I couldn't, like, I just couldn't for the life of me understand how it would do that. Um, and it didn't make any sense that it, that it should have done that. Maybe I mispressed a key, but usually ZFS refuses to overwrite um, incremental snapshots unless everything is just absolutely perfect. So I don't know how it managed to do that. Maybe I just, you know, I, I hit the magical sequence that would tell it to overwrite everything, but it shouldn't have done that. So luckily it was just over Christmas um, and I had other backups that was a month old. So I've lost, eh, I've lost a little bit of data. It's not really so much the data. It's the progress on some of the stuff I'm working on. So yeah, whatever. It'll teach me to get better backups. Ah, oh, this is unfortunate. Uh, maybe you got a little little drunk over the Christmas time, you know, decided to delete some data for fun. <laughs> you know, I wish I could at least have that excuse. I was like totally sober. Um, it was a little bit late, but it wasn't that late. So I don't know. Whatever. Hopefully. That's why if my voice sounds different, I don't have a VM up and running, so I don't have my regular microphone. And for whatever reason, my Google Pixel today or my graphene was like, no, I will not accept your microphone uh, as an input. So I, I couldn't even use my my regular headset. So I'm just on my, like, I'm just using the cell phone mic today. Yeah. All right. Well. All right, man. Well, another big week in price. Um, yeah. Yeah. So uh, the ETS finally got approved. Um, we were expecting this. And let's go to the Bitcoin chart here. We were also like, we had talked about like, hey, this might not be super positive for Bitcoin, right? This might not necessarily be, you know, mega pump action like okay we got a little bit of upside um when was that approval it was on wednesday which would have been right about yeah right here so how much pump did we get we got about 11 percent pump um which is not too unsurprising that's about the same amount of pump as we got back in uh october 15th 2021 um way back here Let's scroll back a little bit yeah this was uh this vertical line right here that was the pump um, uh, that was the day that the, the futures ETF was approved and, um, it took a few days, but we got about 15%. Um, in this case, we got basically all of that 15%. Ah, no, it took a few days as well. Uh, 12% really. Okay. So as we talked about, um, the thing that I thought was going to be more bullish on the Bitcoin ETF was actually Ethereum because Ethereum's next, right? Ethereum is the next, um, pivot. Now, maybe there'll have to be a whole bunch of fights and court battles and this and that. Maybe that'll have to happen. But what's important is the hype cycle. Bitcoin, basically, its price already includes the speculation on ETF. This was a not a, um, a buy the rumor, sell the news, but it was a buy the rumor, pivot the news kind of event. You'll notice that Ethereum is still green. Like th- Ethereum is still going up. So uh, Wednesday, Wednesday, that's Sunday. Oh, this is the three-day chart. That's why it looks odd. There we go. Friday, Thursday, Wednesday. Yeah, so Ethereum pumped on Wednesday with Bitcoin as well. Um, it pumped 15%, but it's still higher. Like currently, it's still significantly higher. And you can see in the Ethereum versus Bitcoin chart, uh, it basically bounced up off of that off of that line. So I think in a lot of ways, like this lower line and touching it, touching it, touching it was a little bit of a fake out. That wick, um, we talked about that if this thing comes back to the upside here and stays here, we're going to probably look at that wick and say that that was a hammer, that was a bottoming kind of sign. Um Obviously, things can change, right? Um, new cycles can change. But for the moment, um, I would I would be rotating like I would have rotated from Bitcoin to ETH 
if I held any Bitcoin. Um, I guess I hold a little bit, but mostly just for, um, just for nostalgia. No, no I'm just kidding. I, just for practicality. <laughs> um, say what's up as a collectible. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, I have, you know, maybe I have a Bitcoin NFT. Maybe I don't. Who knows? Um, maybe I drop some degeneracy onto the chain. Maybe I, maybe I have people. Maybe I paid some other people to do that for me. We'll never know. Mm-mm. Um, so yeah, um, right yeah, now, you know, really don't hold Bitcoin as like a, you know, as a hedge or something. You don't, it's not really significant in your portfolio. Uh, it depends from time to time. I can have, um, a significant, a significant amount of Bitcoin. Um, typically it'll be wrapped Bitcoin on Ethereum. Um, because that way I don't have to use some centralized instant exchange or KYC bullshit to get Bitcoin exposure, right? I can just get Bitcoin exposure on Ethereum, uh, which is funny, you know, because how does everyone use Bitcoin custodially? And technically that wrapped Bitcoin on Ethereum has a custodian. So, um, I mean, it's been many years. I don't see any reason why they would just rug pull. That would be stupid. Um, you know, and I'm not, I'm not hodling that way. That's not, I'm not like, Hey, this is my life savings, <laughs> you know, uh, as wrapped Bitcoin on Ethereum. It's like, Hey, I think Bitcoin will outperform for the meantime. I'm going to take a Bitcoin position and, uh, and then I can get in and out on Ethereum, you know, no, no big deal. Like trustlessly, they can't stop me. Um, all of those good things that we like, not private, but, um, hopefully my, Hopefully I've done the work necessary to anonymize my Ethereum stack, um, which uh, for all the Fed boys listening does not include having touched Tornado Cash now in the past or ever. Uh, you know, I, I promise I won't be a bad boy. Um, I'll just use the better solution, uh, which is Monero and chain hopping, which they also say is bad boy territory, but not illegal. So, um, <laughs> yeah, not yet. <laughs> imagine, imagine them trying to make chain hopping illegal. That would that would just be special. Uh, let's take a look at the, uh, the altcoins, see which ones are, are pumping. Ah, here, here you go. ETH, um, ETH is in, is in gray and ETH has pumped, uh, really more than anything. Um, XMR has actually kind of, uh, done pretty bad lately ever since, um, ever since the announcement of, relatively speaking, it's done worse ever since the announcement of the, the delistings, um, which we really hope that they'll just, uh, you know, quit fucking around and, uh, quit teasing us and actually do. They probably won't. They probably can't, not without pumping the price. Um, let's see what else here is doing good. Looks like TRX has taken a pump. Um, oddly enough, I do think TRX will do probably pretty decent good. Um, they're, they're, uh, an EVM chain and Tether issues a shitload of Tether on top of Tron. So, um, and then obviously, you know, you've got all the degeneracy and the memes and the, and the tokens and everything. And, um, that, that, that can all be done on Tron just as well as on Ethereum. It's kind of like, it's like, Tron is like Ethereum's Litecoin. You could think of it that way. Basically just a copy paste. Um, that's a little bit cheaper to, to do stuff. So, um, yeah, that's what the, that's what the altcoins look like. Uh, I'll leave that up there in case any of you guys want to take a little bit harder look at that. Um, you'll notice Bitcoin dominance here. Uh, Bitcoin dominance has, um, kind of vacillated, oscillated a little bit. Um, but this is this action, like, okay, it went down. It tried to get back into this rising wedge. It failed again. Um, this action, makes you think, all right, the you're this is not the kind of rising wedge that's about to break to the upside and and the utopia of Bitcoin hyper hyper Bitcoinization is, you know <laughs> hyper Bitcoinization in this case would just be getting back to like seventy percent. <laughs> they would they would love to just try and get back to the last bear market and they can't even do that. Um and yes, I, I'll I'll probably spend oh many months and even years trolling Bitcoin maximalists from here on out. Um as as things just continue to turn the, a direction that they didn't think, and probably this ETF in hindsight, probably this ETF approval will um will stand out for a lot of them as like something significant happened in the year of 2023, 
um, across a number of different domains. And ETF was like the highlighting pivot point. They'll probably, they'll probably make a bunch of after the fact excuses and, uh, you know, I'll still be there trolling them. Um, hopefully with the rest of my bros here. Um, so let's take a look at Monero. Uh, Monero has done a little bit of a rebound slightly, slightly, um, after coming down to about 144. Um, so yeah, I mean, you'll notice that these lower standard deviation bands, the orange bands, uh, really, really that they've been a pretty good spot. Um, uh, hang on a second. There we go. They've been a pretty good spot to just expect, um, bottoming action. Um, this is just really, really stable price action. In fact, um, these are, this is, this is, um, this is what is known as like a compression of volatility. At the moment, the upper standard deviation bands continue to trend downwards and the lower standard deviation bands continue to trend upwards. So what it means is that the volatility that Monero has been experiencing over the past number of years um, has been decreasing. Typically, this acts as a spring. At some point, volatility will compress enough. The price will stabilize to something that people think, hey, this is the fair price of the asset. And um, and then a new speculation round will emerge. Typically, that'll be associated with other macro kinds of events. Um, but as volatility compresses and the price like stops moving, eventually it'll bounce to one direction. It'll start moving that direction. And then the volatility bands, again, the green and the orange bands, the standard deviation bands, also called volatility bands, will start to curl in the direction that it's moving. And then price will actually trend on the upside of those bands as they continue moving up. And typically that's a major macro move that happens. So um, it would be difficult to say, you know, exactly when this happens. Um, maybe we can, let me bring up uh, there. So there's another chart that I have that um, that just plots the the distance between these standard deviations. Okay. That's what these blue bands are. These blue bands tell you what is, what's the distance between the upper and the lower standard deviation across multiple different timelines. So we'll go to the logarithmic. The white band is the sum of all the blue bands, so it gives you kind of the big picture. And yeah, you'll notice that historically for Monero's lifetime, it has never been this low on volatility. Monero, even like, even back here early at the launch, Monero never had this low of volatility. So, um, you would say like, just from technical analysis, just from Bollinger Band analysis, you would say that Monero is currently setting up, um, to make a very large macro move. Um, now this could continue trending like this for another six months. Um, who knows, maybe even another year. But in a broad macro sense, this is telling you that that Monero's Monero's volatility is compressing and that acts like a spring and that um, new speculation rounds will emerge at some point here, probably within the next year. And we'll start seeing a a large macro movement to one direction or the other. Um, Obviously, you know, we think that direction is up. Um, Here's Monero versus Bitcoin. You'll notice that we came down here and we almost, almost, almost tapped this very long lower standard deviation band. That's what this orange um, this orange, the, the lighter colored orange band is, it's the, um, it's basically the lifetime lower standard deviation of every data point of every candle across the entire Monero history chart going back to launch, at least on Kraken. So, um, that's like, that's a very, very, um, big place to look for. Um, last year when we were looking at the dollar index and trying to figure out where it was going to top, we were looking at the upper standard deviation, uh, the lifetime upper standard deviation of the Dixie to try and, um, peg a good spot to think that that would be the top. And, and it was like, I mean, it was spot on. It was, we'll show that later, but it was really, really useful. So this right here, um, this came within, uh, let's see, that came within about 5%, the Monero Bitcoin ratio came within 5% of, um, of touching that. So that's, I mean, that's really close. It wouldn't surprise me if there was still another um, washout here. 
I don't think that the um, I don't think the pump is done. I think that it's likely maybe probably over the next week or so or a few weeks, there could be a cool off period, some maybe some washout, maybe some sideways trending, maybe the charts set up and, and consolidate. And um, and I think that it's likely or let me rephrase at the moment. I think it's possible that um, more likely than not, that we'll get another move of altcoins, especially altcoins to the upside, probably maybe Bitcoin to like 50K. Or at least it'll try to make another another higher high here when whereas altcoins um, pump. So they're going to try and keep Monero out in the cold on that one. That's what they always do. That's 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 the history for the past, let's just say, two years now. So it wouldn't surprise me if Monero Bitcoin ratio comes back down and actually fully touches this orange line here. Um, This is territory to be picking up. Like if you've got Bitcoin and you want to transfer that into Monero, this is like prime time to be doing that Um, would be would be around this. Touching this this lower line here, um, Ethereum is doing a little bit better uh, in terms of you know the relative performance of Ethereum to Monero. Um, let's put the statistical summary on here as well to make it. Uh, let's go to the daily now. How many candles would that be? Sorry, we got to this this particular script is dependent um, for it to give you the right answer. Um, somewhat depends on you um, making sure that you've got the smallest resolution that you can. That's 289 bars. Um, yeah, so we can go down to 12 hours probably. Uh, okay. Anyways, so right now, like this is, this is not the kind of action that you would really want to see on this asset, Monero versus Ethereum. Um, <clears throat> in reality, uh, we have cleanly, solidly broken down these lower standard deviation bands and they're already starting to curl under. I really hate to, to be the bearer of bad news here, but this is the kind of thing I would expect to come make a touch of these lower bands. And then for Monero uh, Ethereum ratio to continue trending down like that. And that would actually, that would be congruent with my theory that um, Ethereum is going to outperform Bitcoin uh, in this next bull market and probably gain market cap parity. Um, so the flipping, you know, is obviously the, the cheeky way to say it, but uh, market cap parity is probably more, more accurate, you know, cause it might kind of just like gain some semblance of about the same market cap and then, um, you know, and then maybe it reverses from there, or maybe it just totally crushes it and the flipping actually happens. I don't know. But I do think Ethereum is going to outperform Bitcoin significantly um, going forward. And um, and this chart would kind of like in terms of its relationship to Monero would, would kind of be a corroboration of that. It's a small point. You wouldn't like hang your hat on this. It's just one chart. But, um, you know, it, it it is one thing that we look at. So um, let's see. OK, the 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 price of Monero. On Kraken relative to the shitcoin exchanges has been on the negative side for the past week. Um, this is not hugely negative. Um, we've seen significantly more volume happen. Uh, again, this is the volume adjusted um, price divergence chart, but the Monero price has been doing volume negative relative to Kraken for really um, since eh, for about a week. Maybe we'll just say five days, eh, well, a week, five days, something like that. So um, yeah, just something to look at. Monero relative to shitcoins. Um, okay, so we're basically trending down here. Um, yeah, there's there's no head and shoulders on the uh, Monero relative to shitcoins chart right here, um, and basically things are just like moving, following down this this red line. And I mean that makes sense. Obviously, it's just like gold when they pump new liquidity into the markets, when they take leverage, when they fake the markets, they don't pump it into gold. They don't put it into gold. They put it into um, highly speculative plays. They put it into uh, tech stocks and anything else, but they don't put it into a real usable, good, solid, sound money. Um, cause they don't want you using a real usable, good, solid, sound money. Uh, they want you participating in degeneracy. So, um, let's look at XMR.D. That's, I mean, basically, oops, XMR.D, not CD. Um, hmm, 
something's got to be off here with this chart because this is not what I remember. Market cap dominance, Monero, crypto cap. It doesn't even have my lines. Where's like, oh, here we go. Okay. I was just on the wrong time frame. All right. So, uh, yeah, guys, basically that head and shoulders, that's invalidated. Um, as of, as of the action of the past couple of weeks, there's no more head and shoulders here. We had talked about, um, we talked about right here. We said, Hey, we need to break this line. We need to confirm it and we need to see things go like start moving to the upside. And that'll, we needed the confirmation right here. And instead we got breakdown. So at this point, this head and shoulders is invalidated. Um, you, you wouldn't be able to. You wouldn't be able to call that head and shoulders anymore. So that's really sad. That's really unfortunate. Um, fuck all the people that, um, that fake these markets to such a, to such a degree that, um, prevents Monero from ever really seeing the spotlight. But hey, um, you know, that's just, that's just how the world works, guys. So, um, you know, maybe, uh, maybe we'll get some other opportunities, uh, going here in the future. Um, hopefully we got people and more and more converts, more and more converts. We're not a religion. More and more people that are, um, you know, that are hearing the news that are, that are interested in Monero that are actually going to be using it. So, but in terms of prices, Hey, you know, this is uh this is the situation that we're dealing with. So um, uh, let's see, Bitcoin transactions. Um, the transaction fees actually come back down now. Uh, the median transaction fees are around $4. So um, there might be some merit to say that, Hey, BRC twenties and ordinals and all this shit can't be like, it can't sustain the spotlight forever um, in Bitcoin. And that at some point, uh, you know, that degeneracy has to die down. Um, so that's probably good news for, for the maximalist out there, but, um, they're, they're always going to run into this problem that when adoption waves happen, that's going to come with price pumps and price pumps are going to come with leverage and degeneracy. And so every single adoption wave is going to see their chain clogged up with people competing for degenerate gains, um, on monkey JPEGs and shit like that. And so they are always going to see muted adoption during big adoption waves, um, because of um, the price points because of the the design because of how easy it is to put arbitrary data into that chain. So um, you know that's that's and you're going to see this vacillation of the arguments between Bitcoin in the downtimes. They're like, oh look, Bitcoin is usable. We don't need to raise blocks. And then in the uptimes, they're going to say, oh look, good price, price, price is good. Um, and and they're constantly going to vacillate between between pretending like they don't have to do anything to fix their chain. Um, <laughs> there there are some people to their credit. I am seeing some of the developers in Bitcoin, more and more of them um, starting to talk about the things that really should have been done two or three years ago. And um, like John Carvalho, for example, he had a, he had an interview um, with uh, John, uh, not John, I can't remember, Carallo, Matt, Matt Carallo. And I don't know why they would include Giacomo on there, but they did. Um, Giacomo doesn't know shit and he's not like really a developer. But anyways, um, like John Carvalho, for example, said the very last thing he said in this interview is, um, Guys, please be more realistic. Be less cheerleading. Um, he also said, "I'm I feel less magical regarding LN than I did a few years ago. Um, you know, when 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 we thought it was going to be able to do more. And so you're seeing a lot of Bitcoin devs. You know, and he he also talked a little bit about a block size increase. He said, when the Bitcoin community, <laughs> if the Bitcoin community is ready for it. Um, so I mean, the pain of what's happening now, I think, could could motivate some change here. We'll see. I'm not really. I wouldn't. Uh, I wouldn't bet on that necessarily. But but maybe. Uh, okay. Let's go to the Monero transactions. That's really why I came to this chart. Number of transactions per day. Okay. So Monero transactions. We're still above 20k. Um, we've moved from oscillating around 20k. Looks like we're basically um, bouncing off of 20k. All right. Um, had a little Christmas bump there. I guess we're back to some kind of steady state now. Interesting. Uh, okay, so let's go to, let's, let's cover a little bit of the macro. We'll cover it quickly. Uh, we'll start with gold, I guess. 
So gold is uh, gold got a little bit of a bump this week, not much, you know, 1.2%. Again, gold does act in a lot of ways as a more stable money, as a more stable asset. Um, so still in this long triangle, you know, not much has changed. But I mean, we are pressing towards the upside, right? Like this is this is good action. The the more that we do this instead of this, <laughs> uh, the better chance that there is that gold um, gets the top side here and then and then makes a makes a break to the upside. I still, I'm still waiting for gold to make a breakout. Like, what's that? Someone have something? Okay, I guess not. Uh, just random noises coming from the internet at me. Okay, so what I'm still waiting for, like, to be, to confirm in my mind that a bull market, a real bull market, a sustainable, um, pump, like real pump is on the table, new all time highs for crypto, um, and continued running of, of the NASDAQ. I am still waiting for gold to do this and then start it's run up. I mean, I draw some squiggles, something like that, right? It, it could be something like this, right? But I'm just waiting for gold to cleanly break its all-time high and then start a macro move to the upside. That macro move to the upside in gold is our sign that a real bull market is happening um, in, in stocks and, and everything else. So uh, we'll still patiently be waiting that for that. Could be a month. It could be a year. Um, but it's but it's coming. Uh, it's coming. Summer is coming for gold, gentlemen. Um, all right, we got to, we got the reverse repos here. The reverse repos continue to go down. Um, remember, we talked about last year at the rate that reverse repos are decreasing. This shit will be done by the end of January. Um, this shit will will fall down here and uh, and uh, and be and be finished by the end of January. At which point, you got to ask yourself, okay, what what kind of liquidity um, are they going to have um, to to sort of pump the markets? They'll have to find some new liquidity. Um, I guess with the current, so as of the past, let's just say. It uh, looks like about the past month, it slowed down some. Um, the 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 withdrawal of funds from the reverse repos has slowed down ever so slightly with this little spike here. Um, but in general, you would say that uh, that the reverse repos um, are looking about. I mean, maybe they'll extend this. Probably they'll extend this. They'll probably transition to something else. At this rate now, maybe it'll be March. But um, but I mean, that's coming, right? Like the end of the reverse repo um, pump liquidity is is coming at some point. So, um, but it's, it's not quite here yet. Um, dollar index is stable. Uh, I basically, uh, it basically found support around the, um, around the lower standard deviation area. Uh, you'll also notice that we have quite a long, um, support line as well. Uh, that's, that just feels like a messy chart. Sorry for all the, uh, the wave magic here stuff that's, um, that's making the chart feel a little bit dirty, but, uh, you know, just, uh, see through it. So, um, okay. So this line right here, this guy right there. Um, basically, we found some support around the area, the neighborhood of that line. Um, one thing about dollar index I've noticed is that it does like to, to like sort of make these little macro bumps outside of the line. Um, I'll sh- I also showed, uh, told you I'd show you guys the uh, the statistical levels on here. So we need to go to the daily chart for those to make sense. Um, but basically, uh, the dollar index, one way that we were identifying the top uh, about a year ago, a little over a year ago, was that it had broken the standard deviation levels and it was basically touching these purple bands. And uh, that level, like that area, was just a really solid area to expect to top. So um, right now, Dixie Index, uh, Dollar Index, seems stable. Um, I suppose it could break anyway at any time, but um, it does feel a little bit biased towards the downside. Um, but things have run significantly here. The markets have run, NASDAQ has run, crypto has run. Um, it wouldn't be surprising for at some point here in the next month or so for gold to, to meander onto the top side here um, 
and maybe find some kind of compressing volatility uh, similar to, to how we talked about Monero. Because um, right now that's that's does this chart does look like that. Uh, the dollar index has compressing volatility, so it's it'll probably continue to compress a little bit more, and then at some point make a macro move later this year. Um, it's 2024, and so like for the past like the last cycle, um, 2020 was sort of a setup period. You know, you had a big washout, um, and then uh, you know you sort of had like the setup grinding period, and then things really broke out uh, in 2021. Um, I mean, really, 2020, it also broke out. That was the end of it. So it, it, what I'm trying to get at here is that probably for some period, at least for maybe the first half of this year, there could be some grinding um, in the markets. There could be con- some consolidation. It could There could be some pullbacks. Um, maybe I wouldn't expect huge volatility um, and huge opportunities necessarily um, to develop just yet. Um, I would like to see a washout still. I've been saying that for a while, but um, who knows? Maybe that doesn't happen. They print so much money. Uh, maybe the corporations are all doing so good. There's so much liquidity that no washout shall be forthcoming. That, that that's possible. Um, so yeah, that's that's basically what the macro looks at. Uh, looks like. Let's see. Uh, we had uh, we had some inflation numbers. Uh, let's call them quote unquote inflation quote unquote numbers. Um, but at any rate, uh, they told us some things that, that they released some numbers. Um, and so it looks like the core inflation bumped down by like the tiniest ever little bitty amount. Um, right here. So at this moment. With the way that uh, the CPI and the PPI in blue, the way that these are behaving now, this is we've probably arrived at the sticky part of inflation. So um, one thing that uh, that some analysts have said is that, yeah, the Fed will be able to get inflation down to, say, 4 percent or 3 percent. And they should be able to do that pretty easily. But getting it down to 2 percent, which is their alleged target, they're going to have a hard time getting there. It's like that last mile problem. Um, so you'll notice that, for example, the uh, the core inflation in orange is pretty high up here for the last two decades, um, really, really three decades almost. Core inflation has really been trending, trending along kind of this area. Right. So just hovering above two percent, um, really oscillating around two percent. And right now, core inflation is sitting here at four percent. So um, and it does look like a kind of uh, hiatus has has happened here on the inflation numbers, at least the officially reported inflation numbers. Um, where inflation is not wanting to come down anymore. The core inflation is still sort of trending down a little bit, slowly, slowly, slowly. But I mean, what, maybe by the end of 2025, it might get to 3%, but that's assuming that they don't have to go rescue some crazy problem with the markets, right? Which, which could happen. Um, so yeah, I mean, inflation numbers, I wouldn't expect these to, I wouldn't expect these to come down much more. And as a result, I wouldn't necessarily expect the Fed to be looking at, um, at lowering rates anytime soon. So, but they, you know, who knows, maybe, maybe they'll do it. Uh, we can look at the, uh, the bonds really quick as well. Um, so yeah, bonds really not much has changed. We're starting to see the inkling of, uh, of the hope. Should I call it hope? Do we really want this to happen? The inkling of the possibility that the, uh, the inversion of the yield curve might come back into the positive territory, um, where overall this is, this is not inverted. So, um, Really, the short end of the curve is still heavily inverted. I'm not quite seeing how these guys are going to get down um, unless you just get, you know, that that thing we're waiting for. If all of the yields start crashing as this starts, as the inversion starts to correct back to normal, that's our sign, right? That's our sign um, that shit's about to crash. Protect your bags, but prepare to buy a shitload of um, of, uh, of risk assets. So, um, yeah, I mean... We and again, this flat top, this tabletop of rates right here, um, historically for the past two decades or more, 
that flat tops, the rates all get under it. And then, uh, and then you see like a big curl under. So, um, that danger is still like, I mean, it's lurking out there in the abyss. Um, it's very plausible. It could happen at some point. It doesn't mean it's going to happen tomorrow, but it's just something, you know, it's, it's like, it's like a train wreck that you see coming five miles away and you're like, we can't stop these trains. It's going to happen at some point. Um, maybe, I mean, maybe they can stop the ship, you know, maybe they can, maybe they can stop the trains. I don't know. Um, but at, at the moment, this is starting to look a lot like the patterns that we've seen before. So we'll keep our eye on that. Um, we, we, we touch on it every week, you know, mostly just for any new listeners that are here. We, we want you guys to understand the macro picture, what's happening. Um, and then last, we'll just take a quick look at the stock market. Um, so basically the NASDAQ, um, is consolidating around its previous all time high. This dotted line right here. Uh, is the previous all-time high from uh, from back in 2021. So things are it's oscillating here. Uh, it's probably going to continue following up this um uh, this channel on the upper side of this channel. Uh, or well, I say it's probably <laughs> actually I'm not I'm not confident about that. I'm not like really quite sure if it's going to continue um, following this sort of support lineup. It, it's possible this thing could just kind of come back into here, get back into the channel. I really think it should. Um, you know, it's, it is an election year and, and there is no trick. There's no bullshit that they won't pull to try and keep people, um, to try and keep people asleep and, and voting, uh, going to the polls, regardless of who you're voting for. Um, even if it's a libertarian, um, you know, they'll try and keep you voting for, for whoever, whatever they, they, they want people, but they especially want to keep guys like Biden in power, right? They're a little puppet. Um, so anyways, okay, there's the NASDAQ. Um, and then the S and P is, is flirting with its all time high. It's kind of like getting to that resistance area here. Um, it's interesting now. It's like the S&P seems to matter less and less. It seems like all eyes are on the NASDAQ. And I think it's because people know that markets always go up. So if markets always go up over long periods of time, why would I be in the S&P? Why wouldn't I get into the speculative uh, tech stocks, which yield, which give you better, uh, better gains, better yields uh, over the course of time? So um, I, I think that dynamic is happening. Um, so, uh, oh, you know, there. OK, so so that'll we'll call it. We'll uh, we'll call it good here for the macro stuff. Um, there was there was one more thing that I wanted to show you guys, and it's a it's an instructive lesson. So it's something um, it's something that I talk about. Markets learn. Like if you want to be a trader, if you want to do markets, if you want to understand this, you have to understand that markets learn. And a lot of the stuff that we talk about, even though you don't hear all the plebs talking about it on Twitter, I guarantee you that that there are people in the background. There's uh, there's family offices. There's smart money. There's insiders. There are guys that talk about this stuff, and and they understand. Um, and also other just random dudes out there, uh, random liquidity out there that that learns from the market. And so what happened here with the Bitcoin ETF is very instructive regarding that. Um, effectively, what we saw was um, was a little bit of a front running. Like, so, for example, this ETH pump, um, I think that this was effectively like ETH pumped rapidly more than Bitcoin after that ETF was released. And I think a lot of that can be um, can be attributed to the fact that um we did see altcoins continue to run significantly after the last major financial inclusion for Bitcoin in the traditional financial system. Um, we we saw a major altcoin push. So I think that I wouldn't say it got front run, but in this case, Ethereum pumped like if the pattern was going to repeat exactly, Ethereum would have um, would have not pumped here. Uh, it would have waited a few days, waited a week and then started um, pumping, you know, outperforming Bitcoin. But it outperformed Bitcoin the day, the moment that that news dropped. So that's kind of like a small example of how markets learn. Um, they see a pattern, people recognize patterns, and then people front run that pattern. And so markets will act sometimes earlier um, than you might think, according to how the pattern was last time. So just a small little point there that I wanted to share with you guys. Uh, and with that, I think that's about all I got for you guys today. Any any questions? 
Uh, I think you kind of already covered this, but Raffinus is asking, are we going to see point zero 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 three again? Point zero zero three again. Mm. Uh, so what do you think? You think the bottom is in with regards to the XMR BTC ratio? I would put I would put good odds on um on coming down here one more time to see point zero zero three. I I would say that's that's probably a reasonable possibility. Um, yeah. Okay. Okay. But that's also probably a a reasonable opportunity to pick up some Monero, um, because you know nothing moves in a straight line. Even if Monero is going to continue going down versus Bitcoin, um, this has been a quite a severe movement, and we should see, uh, we really should see at least a movement back to the large standard deviation area. So maybe it could look something like that, right? That's possible. Um, but I, I do think there's a reasonable opportunity that that um, the yeah, things come back down here to this area again. I say use that as in a technical sense, in a technical chart sense, that's an opportunity to buy Bitcoin. Um, or sorry, <laughs> that's an opportunity to sell your Bitcoin and buy Monero. When was the last time we were at 0. 0.003 historically? It's been a while. Oh crap! Wow. Yeah, it's been since 2016. Oh wow. Yeah. Uh, October, uh, August of 2016 was the last time that we were there. Hold the line, boys. Hold the line. <laughs> yeah. It's, I mean, it is really annoying. And it's probably another reason that I, that I troll and shit talk Bitcoiners so much is because when we try to talk to them about Monero and the technical merits and the reasons why we should, we should have been friends. Um, and we're not friends anymore. Sorry, Bitcoiners. Like it's just the simple facts. The, the way y'all have conducted yourselves has made that impossible. Um, some of y'all, I make an exception for a few of y'all, but, um, um, we should have been friends, but every time that, that we talk to you guys about it, you just said, Oh, well, you're just going to price die. Ha ha. Look at your shit coin. Ha ha. And you were really, really toxic, hostile people in general as, as a group. Um, and then always pointed towards the price chart, even as you were simultaneously outperformed by shit like soul FTT Cardano and a whole bunch of monkey degen shit that's on your own chain now. Like, yeah. So, um, even though we have problems with our price here, uh, <laughs> uh, I should say problems with our price. We have problems. We, I mean, we do have problems with our price. Like, let's be real. Like, the cabal did a pretty good job of um of suppressing price in a lot of ways and um that does that does move mindshare away it does move interest away it does move people that would otherwise have adopted and used monero and given it a try to some other degenerate play um it's an unfortunate reality of the world but that's like of the financial world but that's just how things work um they've been doing this shit in the traditional markets for long periods of time um so they're they're pretty practiced at it and at this point um, I'm convinced that the cabal, the crypto insider cabal is basically joined up, um, with the financial insider cabal. So just know your enemy guys. Like this is not a good situation. I wish our price was doing better. I wish our relative prices were doing better, but, um, but it is what it is. So, uh, we just got to make the best of it. Yeah. And I, we're obviously stronger than ever in every other metric, right? Um, yeah, but pr- price, it's, it's, it's hard. It's hard to say. Obviously nobody knows, nobody knows what's happening. Um, there's, there's no way to tell. The other thing to realize is that if Monero wasn't a threat, if Monero wasn't powerful, they wouldn't worry about it. They wouldn't spend the time doing this. They wouldn't, um, they wouldn't do this relative price suppression. They wouldn't remove it from exchanges. They wouldn't lie about it. They wouldn't fractionally reserve it. They wouldn't do all of this. They wouldn't do any of it if it wasn't actually a threat to them. So, um, the real, the real takeaway here is like, keep going, don't stop, um, and, and keep building. Ignore. Ignore the ignore the price and yeah build build out the parallel economy right. Um, yep. You mentioned that and sorry because I was distracted over here. You mentioned that 
you're expecting a big move with Monero given its its recent volatility action? Yeah, okay. So what we were talking about was um let's uh sorry things are being uh delayed here on the charts. Uh it's cuz I have so much history here on it. Uh okay, so I know this is messy. I'm hoping you can see through it. Um maybe I can turn off sorry this will take just a second the drawings. Okay, that hopefully that helps a little bit. So you can see in a big in a large macro sense the blue lines and the orange lines, the upper standard deviations and the lower standard deviations. You'll notice that they're compressing. Um, you'll notice that the blue lines are falling and that the orange lines are rising. So the distance between the top here and the bottom is getting smaller and smaller, right? So what we call that is compression. Like in Bollinger Band analysis, you would call that a compression of the volatility, a compression of the Bollinger Bands. Because in a way, that's what standard deviation measures. You're, you're measuring the volatility um, around the around the center point of an asset. So typically in, in technical analysis, what you would say is that as volatility compresses, as your Bollinger Bands compress, um, your price, that kind of acts like a spring. Your price, and the theory on it, I believe, is that your price basically finds a stable point. Like everyone says, everyone basically agrees, okay, this is the fair price of the asset. This is where the stability price exists. And then at some point, after the market has has felt good enough about where that price exists, where that price should be, some new round of speculation will emerge. And typically, that'll be associated with some kind of macro events or or like just a, a general broader move. But what you'll find is that after a large compression, a long-term compression, price will start making um, a macro move to one side or the other, right? It'll move one direction and it'll trend there for a very long time. Um, so in this case, obviously, uh, these are... These are very long charts. These are very long bands. Um, this could continue pressing for another six months or come pressing for another six months uh, or a year maybe. But at some point, what you would expect to see um, is that price starts moving to one side of those bands. And for example, the blue bands, the, the upper standard deviations would eventually start to curl to the upside and then price would basically trend. Um, I don't know if y'all can see that. I think the Monero logo always gets in the way. There we go. Uh, hopefully you can see that. So yeah, eventually, um, after some level of compression of price, just like finding stability, it will eventually move to one side or the other and it'll release that stored energy like a spring. Um, it's, I mean, I don't really like using analogies necessarily, you know, compression like a spring, et cetera, but that's the theory on Bollinger Bands. After you get some, some level of compression, um, you'll, you'll see a major move, a new speculative move to one side or the other. Um, and so that's what these blue lines are here. The blue lines, what, what, we're, what they're doing is just we're subtracting the upper standard deviation from the lower standard deviation. And that's what these blue lines are. And, and obviously, again, we're talking about the, the 100 day, the 500 day, the 1000 day, the, the 50 day. We're just overlaying all of them together. Um, and so these blue lines, and particularly the white line, the white line is the sum of all of the blue lines here. It represents the overall volatility of Monero um, in, a, in a macro sense. Basically, Monero has never been uh, this non-volatile in its history, in its entire chart price history. Um, it has never been this stable in its price. And we can we can point at specific um, metrics to, to define that, to look at that. So um, what you will typically see here uh is that again, you'll, you'll see these lines, they'll continue falling. This represents uh, lowering volatility compression. And then at some point, a macro move to the upside or the downside will happen and the volatility will increase. And all of these lines will do this again uh, until uh, a new speculative uh, top or bottom is found. So obviously, um, you know, I think at, the more like at this, stage, at this stage, how would you assess the probability to whether or not 
that breakout will be up or down. Is there any TA that can help you make that assessment as to whether or not it will be an up movement or a down movement? Um, really to tell. I would pro in this case, like I would probably go more with the fundamentals. So because these, these lines are so long, like all of this is such long-term stuff. Um, the fundamental, the fundamentals to me would be more important. And then furthermore, um, the, the, so another fundamental fact about the macro situation is liquidity. And so if like Monero is going to move wherever the, the rest of the market moves, right? If crypto goes up, Monero is going to go up. Even if they don't pump money directly into Monero, it benefits, um, like gold does from, um, you know, from the secondary secondhand hand me down liquidity for, that the other primary assets get. Um, so fundamentally the Monero chart, like it, it almost doesn't matter what the technicals say, like, okay, it's going to go down. It's going to go up. Um, fundamentally this chart should continue going up and the compression of these volatility bands, um, indicates that, uh, that such a move is, should be fairly powerful. Um, that such a move is, is setting up preparing. Uh, I guess from a TA standpoint, I don't know. Honestly, I haven't, I guess, uh, you can you caught me out, Doug. I, uh, I haven't really entertained the down thesis on a TA standpoint for Monero. I really have not done that. So I, maybe I'll do that this week. Cause I, I probably, you know, for for all the the shit I talk about, you know, entertain the opposite side of your thesis. <laughs> I really should at least give that a, a go here on the Monero chart. All right. Well, I, I don't mind the optimism. So, all right, buddy. Thank you. Thank you so much. Stick around if you can, obviously. Yeah, yeah. I'll try and be around. We have some uh, some hot news topics. All, all right. right. Yeah, I'll be ready to jump in and uh, talk some talk some shit. Let's do it. <laughs> all right, guys. Thanks a lot. Thanks, buddy. All right. We moving on to the guest segment. Whoop, whoop, whoop. It's going to zero. All right. <laughs> that would be highly entertaining to watch Monero going to zero. And then everyone buys Monero. Like, and then it, it gets solidified as being globally acceptable because everybody suddenly buys it because it's zero. <laughs> uh, oh, wait. Do we have our guest? Oh, yeah. He's here. Squirrel of Bitcoin's here. Yeah. Let's run the guest segment. All right. Let me run that cake wallet guest segment. The Monerotopia guest segment is sponsored by CakeWallet. Store, send, receive, and exchange your Monero and Bitcoin safely on iOS and Android too. CakeWallet is open source, and you always control your own keys. What's up, man? Hi, can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. ¿Cómo estás? Muy bien, muy bien. Estoy en la, nuestra querida IPF, the gas station. I have a Wi-Fi here. You're in from Is Wi-Fi decent there? I guess it's yes. good enough. I, I am next to Monero Town. All right. I, I am living in the Pilagas community. It's next to Monero Town, but it's not in the town. Oh, okay. So from so it's yeah, not the, the, the community. You do you do you know you you were here? Yes, this year. Remember. So you're yeah. near there. Uh, Douglas, first, first at first, I want to say some words. I am disagree with with the other guy. I I think as a Bitcoiner, uh, we are a natural allies. Uh, forget the the assholes, the maximalists, but uh, a, a lot of Bitcoiners love Monero. A lot of of cyberpunks identifies with Bitcoin and Monero. Then uh, we must for, forget the, the this fight and work together. Yeah. I know we, we have we, we have difference. No, and I, the difference I, I, are good, a good thing. But the the enemies are more powerful. Then we must be united. 
totally like don't worry and and you know uh, a part of bitcoiners still have the cyberpunks spirit and they want more privacy from bitcoin and they are do a lot of things coin join atomic swap etc etc then i think we we can save bitcoin <laughs> and we be a good alliance with monero no yeah. enemy yes. they will be tethered and forget the, the opinions of maximalist and toxic people we are here for for will this monero and bitcoin are tools only tools is a, a piece of code the important for me is people if if the code the code can help people i don't i don't care but i think bitcoin and monero can help people to be to have sovereignty to be free beautiful man. yeah i could i couldn't possibly agree more and i i think body was just referring to to those maximalists that Yeah, I, I hate this. I think this he totally, we totally agree with you with regards to the the Bitcoin privacy people that you know that that see the issues that are honest with the issues Bitcoin has, and then are honest with assessing Monero as well as being better at being digital cash currently than Bitcoin for for those purposes, right? For the ability to just on chain send a transaction. But yeah, couldn't agree with you. Anymore, right? In terms of it just being a tool, and I know you're not just saying this because you're, you're out there, you do it. And I've I've seen you in action too, man. I, I see I see what puts a smile on your face, and it's when you're just dealing with people, you're teaching them. Um, so I know I know you're not just spewing bullshit, and that's why I want you. you on too, man. Uh, well, first of all, thank you for making sure I made it to Iberete. Uh, yes. I almost would not have made it there to be as much as I wanted to go once I was down in Argentina and it like seemed like it was like a really long like journey to get there. But I ran into you and you were like, Douglas, you got to go. You're down here. You got to see what's happening there. So thank you for making sure I made it, which was awesome. And it was an amazing experience to see it firsthand. And kudos also to you now for, for staying there and moving you effectively you're effectively the first person to have moved to Monero town right you're you're the first person to take the initiative you know an outsider coming there uh with the goal of helping to spread and use bitcoin and monero locally among the people that are willing to accept it so kudos to you for that and third of all for now actually teaching the people so you want to yeah. tell us a little bit about what you're actually yeah. what you're doing how how are you teaching yeah, yeah. Well, first of all, um, maybe I will start by telling uh, you that I come for this community to live with them in their homes, in a humble home, wow. uh, in the same condition. Do you do you see the condition of these people? You're li uh, living in the, like the village where they live. You're yes, I live in the Pilagas community, not in the town, no oh, air condition. Yeah. Wow. I live in, I, I do my things in a hole in the earth. No, no sanitation, no bathroom, hole in the earth. I take a shower with a bucket with water. 
De it's, flor y sin, y sin, do, do we have video we can show of the town uh, of the of um, what's so what's the name of this group then in Iberete? What do they what do they call themselves? Claro, they are uh, natives. Uh, I know I don't know how you say aboriginal Indians. Yeah, a native native their ethnics and language is Pilaga. Pilaga. They speak low Spanish. Okay, then. Uh, one thing that I, for example, that makes me most sad is that begin here and I was teaching Monero, I expect that the people in the town would embrace the flag, but did it happen? Why? They, they are two different world, worlds and all the activities we did together were possible, were possible only because they were under pressure for me. Uh, because they are two words, the natives, the Pilagas world with invisible uh, invisible walls and the people in the town. They are not the... Uh, this is making me very sad, but this is the reality. The, the people in the town think, why you uh, you are living with, with them and try to teach them if they are like animals? For example, uh, yeah, they, they look down. I don't like. I don't like, but this, this is the real. No, I I don't think. Not not everybody think this way, but a lot of people in town think that why I I I take time with these people. They want to learn na nothing. Blah blah blah. They are Martians people. I know, but what we, we, we I I love to teach, and if they learn. If I teach 100 and they learn 10, it's enough. Mm -hmm. This is important. To that's amazing, man. Then so, let me I, let me I, let me do two things. One, Tux, can you br can you bring up Escuela Bitcoin's uh, Twitter so we could show some of the videos so people can see what we're talking about here? Mm -hmm. Yes, yeah, so if you can bring that up, and then let me just try to explain it so to people that are listening. So Iberate is in Formosa. It's in the northern. It, Formosa is a huge, big province, big part of Argentina. It's the northern part of Argentina. Iberate is a small town that's in this province. It's about a two-hour drive away from Formosa. Um, and the town itself, it's it's like you're out in the countryside, and the locals there, you know, they they have it's a nice it's a nice little town. They have all the basics, right? They have they have their their corner store. They have uh, a Pizza restaurants, bakeries. Um, it's it's nice. It's a nice little town. Um, they have the soccer stadium, obviously, which is a big part of their culture. There, everybody there plays plays soccer. Um, and then near the town, out like kind of on the outskirts, is this little little village where this other group of people live that you know that are native to to Formosa. Um, Know, local, essentially native of Native American descent, and what a squirrel of Bitcoin saying is they're, you know, they're they're kind of looked down upon. There's kind of uh, they're not necessarily looked at as perhaps as equals by everybody, right? We see that in all different parts of the world. Um, I don't think there there's anything, um, you know, nefarious going. I don't think they're they're necessarily treated unwell. I don't know, squirrel of Bitcoin. You could say you could say otherwise. Um, I think 
when even when we were there, we made we brought them food, we made donations to them, we 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 went, we used Monero to buy uh, local groceries, and then we delivered it to them. So I think a lot of people in the town do go out and help them. Um, but at the same time, I think what a school of Bitcoin is trying to saying is that there's this kind of thinking there that they're different than us. Um, why don't waste your waste your time trying to teach them something like Bitcoin or Monero because they're not sophisticated enough to understand it. And but what Escuela Bitcoin is doing there, he's going in there with a completely clean slate, not thinking of you know erasing all all the walls and the, and the previous misconceptions. And he's trying to not only just uh, teach people in the main part of the city, but he's also now going out. He's going into the outskirts to these little villages and teaching people there about Bitcoin and Monero, people that probably before he showed up never even heard the word Bitcoin, right? Well, Bitcoin? Yes, but uh, I, I say the, they are machines and, and very ignorant in a lot of things, and I must teach a lot of things, not only Monero and Bitcoin, uh, finance, uh, bicycle, uh, to read they read. Uh, some people uh, speak Spanish, but uh, when they read, they read wrong. They don't understand what they're reading. Then I, I, I buy some books and we practice the uh, lecture. They read and read again. We did, uh, we downloaded the Monerujo, Cake Wallet, Blue Wallet, Green Wallet from Bitcoin. And I, I put in their, hand, their hands the, the seed is, is important. The money is in the seed. And they, uh, what I say, that what I thought them how to use and reset cell phone, how to load Monero wallet, so then how to download the application, write down the 12, 12 words or 25, and be very clear that these words are their keys, and their keys are their sovereignty. We did it again and again and again and again, and I think this is the way to they understand the importance of the keys, the importance of the seeds. Sorry, right. my English is very. No, you're, doing, you're doing you're doing really well, man. And and obviously, and, before, and I have another problems, family conflicts inside, mm-hmm. and 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 outside other problems because a lot of people don't want the they learn. They want they be uh, in in the shit in the shit. They, they want to they they progress. Then we we launch a store and you you remember the uh, what I say in, in English handicraft. You buy yeah. it. From I, the, brought, I brought home a bunch. Yeah, I brought yes. home. Well, but they they sold for two dollars. Is is not a good price. You can Argentina is cheaper, but Two dollar for the uh, this effort to do this handicraft is, is bad. Then I, I I up the price and we and we can we can sell in the store, but you can pay in Monero and Bitcoin. Where where are you selling it? Where in I have the 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 link. I want to to send you the link. Okay. We don't we we don't send from other countries yet. Yeah. But the, the objective, if they can send for United States and, and other countries, now is for for local for 
for Argentina because in this town we don't have a, a service from from shipping. Mm-hmm. They they must to move to a, a cities near to here, but they can't. I'm but thinking we are for Monero for Monerotopia when we do Monerotopia in Buenos Aires. Alongside, we're going to do the, the Copa Monero, all that stuff. What yes. this, maybe the swag item can be one of those bags that they make. They make those big bags, so maybe I could buy a bunch of them for the conference, and that could be the bag that everybody gets. The swag item that makes sense. Uh, I, one thing uh, when when I when I told you of the the separate world from the native and the town, mm-hmm. I I not say for for hurt anybody. But it, it is a reality that there are two worlds and it's difficult to, because they are marching and because we have hundreds of years of uh, different uh, way of things. For, for example, the Pilagas, uh, 70 years ago, they have a massacre from the government. Mm-hmm. The government in, in 70, in 70, Years ago, when the government of Perón, they killed hundreds and hundreds of Pilaga. And we, we have these, these things a lot of time. And this is very difficult to, these people go up. We have hundred uh, years of years of marginality and exclusion. And this is because it's very difficult to, to incorporate for, for the others, other way to, to live. I, I was to fight with, with the family's conflict inside the community. Uh, for example, we can, we can take Wi-Fi, internet, because not for, for the technology, because the powerful people in the town, they want to let, uh, let, let do internet for us. I, I will pay for the internet, but no, for the colony, for the community Pilaga internet, no, they say. They're saying, they're saying no. They're, they don't, they don't no, want to laugh. No. Like, we we don't want to, to put internet for these people. Because if I put internet one people, everybody want to, to put internet. And I don't want, say, the, the, the guy of the internet. Who, who, when you say the guy of the internet, it's the comp- it's a company or it's like a local the company, company, the company. Okay. And this, the, you, you must, uh, is one company and you must deal with this company. We can in the future put us satellite. Even if they're going to get paid to do it, they don't want to, they yes. don't want to. No, we fight with Dark Force. Is, is, this is, this is the, the reality. Uh, it's very difficult. Then I, 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 the more important I want to teach them, they are, they are people and they, they have, they can have their life in her hands and they, and they must to, to, to learn, to study, to get up and, and have a better condition of life. Mm-hmm. And for this, I, one thing I teach for them, don't, don't buy anything. You, you must, uh, uh, I, I teach how improve their, their economy. They have a, a lot of, oh, sorry, my English sucks. Uh, okay. They have a, a lot of debt 
they I want to clean this and they they, they start again and, and, and have a better economy. Much of time they are poor because they don't know how to how to uh, watch her money. You understand? Can you translate? I understand. Sorry, I I'm not sure. I totally followed you. I totally followed that point you're trying to make. Say, say it again. Uh, I teach them to save oh, because your economy sucks. They they don't know how to save. They don't even. Have, um, so I, ma- I imagine the fir- the kind of the first thing you're teaching them is just what what money is, right? Like, exactly. so how do how do you teach how do you teach that? What what are you using? What methods are you using to explain to them? With with games and for example, we we use the the wallets and they see the price in dollars, but they don't know what dollar is. For example, and for me, when I see the price of some asset in dollar, automatically I translate to my my money. But they don't know. They don't know what what this dollar is. For example, I I fight with this problem. Uh, and the the advantage I have is the the inflation. They understand inflation because they are Argentinian, <laughs> and everybody understand inflation. No, I, I I make a lot of games. For example, with with um, with goods and and salt, I I say for for example, if if the salt in in a town they use uh, a salt like a money, and other town use a good like money. Mm-hmm. In in terms of divisibility and transporting, which which town wins, mm-hmm. the salt or, or the good? Nice. The salt, yeah. the salt, because it's more divisibility. It's more easy to transport. Mm-hmm. The good note. And it's more, it's more fungible. It's more fungible, too. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> this kind of, of example, and with, with drawings, with a lot of games, 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 and, and basically... Are, are, are some of really. them realizing on their own? We're like, wait a minute, so Monero's better than Bitcoin? No, <laughs> No, no. <laughs> Just kidding. Okay, okay. No, but but for example, we 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 make a, a call with Facundo. Is a is a is a Monero guy from the Chaco, the next province province here. But okay. he live in Irlanda, and we live in live a Monero transaction from Irlanda to Argentina, and we 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 see in the map the distance from. Ireland and Argentina, and we did a Monero transaction in a few minutes. It was amazing because they understand the powerful of you send money from Ireland to Argentina in minutes with Monero, uh, with, with your own keys, no bank account, no other thing. Right, and and a kid, they, they a kid with with nothing, and we buy a lot of. Uh, Cellular phones for for the kids. That must have blew their it's, it's very it's very difficult, but I am very happy. It's very comfortable to be the people learning, progress, and and open open her mind. Yeah, man, it's 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 beautiful that you're doing this and that it's happening in this town where we we saw Monero begin to blossom. Um, it's fantastic. I think it's I think it's going to gain more and more momentum. Are you? What are you looking to do to scale things up? Are you going to try to 
fundraise, do a Kuno. I know, I know you, I know you love when I say Kuno. Are you going to? Yes, start? I love Kuno. <laughs> no Kuno for you. No. Uh, I mean, you're, you're the perfect example of one, right? Because the, the, the only, it, the only issue with Kuno is you don't know whether or not to trust the things you're donating to. Um, I think we, we could see here you've proven that you're actually going to do something with the donations. Not only that you're trustworthy, but that you have the ability to execute. So being that you're kind of the perfect uh, person in that sense, what would you want to raise money for? What would you look to do with it? Oh, we are here. I, I will keep in this. I, I will start. Uh, I will keep one week more here. And, and we, the store is the, you can, you can make donation, uh, in, in the store and you will buy, uh, this, what you say, this handicraft in, mm -hmm. in the, in the store. Okay. Then I, I come back, uh, to Uruguay, my, my, my country and I will prepare, uh, I won't, I will prepare me more for travel to South America and teaching Bitcoin and Monero. I, I will incorporate Monero to my lesson and I will travel to South America teaching Monero and Bitcoin because I, I discovered Monero and, and I love it. And I support, I support the basketball team of Libertad. Mm -hmm. I don't know. And I help this, this, they, they are, uh, they are doing a great work with, with, with soccer team, football team, soccer say, you say soccer is, but it's football for us. Yeah, yeah. Football team and basket team is a great thing. What's happening in this town. When, when I, I repeat, when I speak about the separation of native and the town is, is not for speak, but for, I, I don't want to hurt uh, anybody, but I, uh, I talk in a reality. Mm -hmm. Only this. You understand? Yes, 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 yes. So, so you're gonna you're gonna leave Monero Town for for a while, and you're gonna. But I I am in in communication with with Pilagas and with other guys from Argentina. Then they they help to if they want to sap they 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 sat or the or the piconeros to pesos or whatever they can help him and. I, I will try to spend here, but we have these difficulties. I, I mean, from the the use here in the town. Well, hopefully you'll be back around town when we do Monerotopia over there. No, yeah. don't, don't worry, don't worry. Yeah, but like I want to say a a little message that for me the center, the important are the people: Monero, Bitcoin, Tor, Tails. Whatever are tools, but mm -hmm. tools for bring sovereignty from people. And this is, this is, this is the, the important are like, uh, AK 47 for me. This, these are weapons for people, uh, get up and, and fight for his freedom. And this is for me, it's important to teach the marching, the invisible people. The poor, the humbles, because this is unbanking weapons, and they are the real unbanking, the real invisibility people, the scum for for the society, and we should 
be next for him and give tools, weapons to have a better life and don't be in the exclusion from the fiat system. They need a voice. They need a weapons and cryptography, Monero, Bitcoin, and other things are a great weapons. This is my, my thing of, of see the world. That's uh, beautiful, man. I mean, we, we got to continue to spread that message. Everybody, you know, the, the, the Bitcoin laser eyes, that's, that's the complete opposite of that message, right? It's people who've become obsessed, possessed by the tool, and they care more about uh, what the tool can bring them, them in terms of fiat value versus understanding its purpose it's, and its purpose in terms of improving society, improving the way we communicate together as humans. And that's what people should be excited about. The, the you, end you, for example, I, I'm very happy that a kid, a Pilaga kid, they don't have uh, st- studies. With 10 years, he, she have their own keys of her own wallet and they can send and receive money from here to what part of the world. This is the important. A girl with 10 years, she don't speak Spanish well. She, she don't understand a lot of things, but he have sovereignty. I, I, I hope one of these kids maybe can be a cyberpunk in the future. <laughs> Fantastic, man. I'm just thinking here, you know, when we do Minerotopia, I don't know if we could pull it off, but it would it would be nice to have a bus that can go from Iberete down to Buenos Aires. And whoever wants to jump on the bus, we could bring like 40, yes. 50 people down. I, would like, I, I love the idea. We can yeah. do it. And, then, can and they, it. they could have their own stand there selling, uh, selling their handmade items. And like I said, in addition to that, we would pre-purchase from you like maybe – you know, a hundred of those bags that they can make and we could give it out as, as swag. Um, it'd be fantastic to try to incorporate them into the, into the conference. And, 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 and most important, maybe they, they, they will forget some things they want. It's maybe they are marching people, but they hear about Monero. They will remember that a guy teach about Monero and Bitcoin, something, and they keep it in their minds. Mm-hmm. And maybe they, nothing happened or not. Maybe the seed can go up and we have a, we will got a, a free people. Yes, I, I love to, to do this because they, they, they need our, our, the, a voice, a voice too. And I love a lot of Monero because you can mine with a CPO laptop. You don't need a, a ASICs machine. A people with, with, with a little money can, can do uh, uh, your own money, a free money, like Monero. And, and I am very happy when, when the, the Monero community cheers with our uh, uh, unlist from exchange. This is a good signal. This is a, a beautiful community. And this is the real peer-to-peer money. If you want to to buy Monero, you you will be two two ways: or you want to mine, or you want to buy peer-to-peer. And this is this is the the money of the people. Exactly, man. 
Monero is the money of the people, and it means a lot coming from a squell of Bitcoin, right? He's he's a, a Bitcoiner first and foremost, uh, but he values Monero for what it is and what it's what it's achieving. Uh, that means a lot. And I have a rule: if the the hackers love this money or or they are agree, then I am agree. <laughs> Same here. I follow. I follow the hackers. I follow. Yes. The hackers. I, follow I, the don't, I don't will the. I don't will be. Say other thing that hackers. If hacker says Monero is good for me, it's good. Then they 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 are my my light in the in the dark. Hacker. Same here. I follow I follow the cypherpunks. Um, exactly. Squella Bitcoin. Stick around if you can. We'll, we'll, we're going to move on to the news. Um, Tux, do we got Tony? Is he going to do the news? Are you doing it today? Uh, Tony is coming on. Uh, he said he'd be on in a few minutes. Uh, let me ping him real quick. Okay. All right. So while he comes on, we can we can continue to chat chat a bit. Um, Squella Bitcoin. Anything else you wanna you wanna put out there? Any other? Yes, I, I want you say thank you for you because you make our projects like the uh, Liberta teams, Monero Town. This this project in the village, you had to do this project visibility. And, and as you say, you are a, a guy from, from New, New York. You don't have to do this, but you, you do. And I, I appreciate a lot of, and I, 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 as a South American guy, I appreciate a lot of, and I will be say thank you every time. And I, I want to apologize. In public, yes, uh, because in some times in our discussion, I will be, I was rude with you. I'm sorry, man. Yeah, it's okay. We were having, we we're having, uh, you know, we're, we're both strong, strong willed people, right? And, um, I think we were, we were kind of, uh, testing each other's, um, hearts, right? We want to see where, where each other were really coming from in terms of what our, our mission was. And I think we realized, uh, we're, we're both aligned, right? But the, this happening with with the people work together. Mm-hmm. The the people uh, do mistakes. But if you are in in your house doing nothing, you never mistake. Only the 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 worker, the fighter, the warriors mistake because they are in the fight. Exactly. Thank you a lot, of man. I love you. Uh, a kiss from for Sunita. All right. Well, a kiss to you, man. Um, yeah. I, you're a good dude, man. Uh, we, we, we did, we rubbed, I don't know, I don't know why, but we, we bumped heads a little bit. We really, it was because of, we were talking about, we don't need to go into great detail, but it had to do with the fact that, you know, Iberete was becoming, uh, is, is becoming a place where Monero is being used, but a, a squell of Bitcoin wanted to also get the word out on, on Bitcoin. And so we, we kind of, we kind of were, were bumping heads a little bit and discussing on, on how, you know, how things should perhaps unfold. Um, and, uh, you know, I think the realization is we're both obviously working towards the same end here. And yes, because everybody say, for example, now, oh, the ATF in Bitcoin, now Bitcoin is only for the Wall Street people. Now I have my, my own SAT and don't care what ATF do. It's, it's not the real thing that now Bitcoin is for the rich people. No, because I teach on-chain Bitcoin. 
I pay, I pay fees of five dollars. I don't care because I want to teach them the 12 words, the sovereignty, the Iran bank, and I don't think we, we must have a cheap Bitcoin for poor people like Lightning Custodial and a, a real Bitcoin for rich people. No, I teach them real Bitcoin. Bitcoin on chain. The fees are high, yes, and why, and what, what they can want, what they, in the future, uh, they, why they want, <laughs> no sé cómo decirlo, they, they deserve to, to pay high fees. If they can't, this is a problem, but the people deserve, if they want to pay Uh, high fee and we say ah, no, you are poor you must use a custodial wallet lining no because you are poor you can't use on chain fuck off i will teach you bitcoin on chain and you must understand the fees the UTXO and monero too but i don't deny for the ah, they are poor they teach them a custodial lining wallet no this is another way and yeah and in And you're teaching them Monero as well, right? So like, exactly. Th this and, is and Monero is a, is a real cash, right? This for, is where for, I think for, you were, the day day. like the friction was between it because I saw the Monero naturally blossoming there, and I was concerned that all right, now now the Bitcoin sharks are going to come in and they're going to try to turn it into Bitcoin Town, right? Not la not allowing Monero to naturally blossom, but Escuela Bitcoin, he's he's not doing that. He's there. He's teaching about bitcoin and then he's also being realistic about it and and teaching people about monero as well because it, it it's functioning better as digital cash on chain and exactly, so exactly. this is why and this is why we, we we agree in the end um, and, and, no and and i prefer to teach monero that custodian lining bitcoin beautiful beautiful and, and for example Maybe they can save in Bitcoin because it's, it is expensive. Maybe. But this is no reason to don't teach Bitcoin for them. Maybe they can save in Bitcoin because it's, it's, it's not cheap. But they, they, this is no reason to, they, they know, they learn. Uh, I, 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 I can learn to drive a car, but maybe I can't buy a car, but this is no reason for teach some guy to to drive this is the same i i teach to drive if they can use or not i don't know but i i give the i give them the tools right as opposed to what you're seeing in el salvador where they're you know jamming lightning down everybody's throats and saying this you know this is bitcoin because the, they the, the salvador is on is in custodial lineage channels is it's not a it's in i don't like this Maybe, maybe, you, maybe you should head you there. You should head there next and, uh, disrupt, start teaching people. Obviously, I teach, for example, wallet of the Satoshi because it's easy to use and a lot of donation and the majority of the, the buyers in the store will, will pay in lining. And I, I must to teach, but I, I, I put in clear, this is not the same like your, a seed phrase, non-custodial, blah, 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 blah. I must to teach because in the reality, the majority of the, of the buyers 
will pay in, in line in sat. Mm -hmm. Then I, I will I, I must to teach wallet of Satoshi or one other custodial line in wallet. But uh, I tell to to, the, to them it's not the same like your your 12 word your seed you are your own bank. This is like other bank system. But I I, I can't not teach. But I explain the difference. Beautiful, man. And yeah, there's, there's something very elegant about teaching somebody about Bitcoin or Monero in the purest way, where it's as simple as generating their first wallet, writing down the private keys. I mean, that's, that's the real, that's the real invention, right? You're, you're holding your own money, your control of your own money. Uh, to then go from there to now teaching people about lightning and pushing them in lightning, it's, I don't know. I think I think Satoshi will be would be rolling rolling in his grave. To no, and and I, I, I hate these people. Uh, they love the photos and oh, I am here with a kid. They are sending lightning, but they understand nothing. Right. What? What? What's why? No. Yeah. They 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 didn't learn the lesson. They didn't learn that you could essentially. If, if, for example, people. I teach lightning in the in the in the past days because I, I talking about a time chain, proof of work, miners, blah, blah, blah. Then if I do uh, the first transaction in, in a lightning network, what, what I'm talking about? If I about time chain, miners, proof of work, if then I teach lightning, they Just don't learn anything. Right. I, I, I speak for, for nothing. If I I've teach them the pole, if I teach them the 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 uh, decentralized computer, everything, I must teach on chain first because this is the the, the real uh, proof of work, the real not lining. Right. And 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 we see in the mempool space the tra the transaction and the fees. Yeah. Maybe they want they will forget this, but don't care. I, 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 I learn the, I teach the right way first. Lightning is a, is a, an easy way, but it is not the way. But That's at the moment, in, in the realistic world, they, they want to use more lightning. It's, it's a real, but they know the difference. Mm -hmm. And Are you going to pull up this Kuno? I don't know which one it is. Uh, I don't think he has a Kuno up. Do you have a Kuno up? No, but but maybe oh, somebody I, was saying he did. He, if I have Kuno, yeah, somebody's saying you do you have a Kuno? What's up? That's no, I know I don't have, but my, my but I I will return to Uruguay and later I will start and, and, and travel to South America. Sorry, I I will open a Kuno from from my travel to South America to teaching Monero and Bitcoin for free for the humbles. Then I, I I want to open now for for open. I I, I will put a, a real reason. The but the Monero community helped me to buy cellular phone for these kids. And other phones I paid. And for example, is is more more important. I I put a lot of money. For example, uh, every morning they had to come in time prepare a breakfast to. Uh, breakfast together, then clear the table and wash the glasses, cups and plates. We begin our class learning about money history and 
I buy, I buy the, the breakfast and the... What you say the breakfast is in the afternoon? Lunch. The lunch. I buy it every day. I buy, I buy, I buy. But I don't care because they, they don't eat well. Then in, in the moment I will hear, I am in peace with me that this kid eat uh, the better weight with fruits, with milk, with bread, with uh, honey and other things with butter, not only a piece of bread. And this is very important. They, they eat yogurt, they eat bananas, they eat another thing. And I put off my, my own pocket. But I, will, I, I feel happy with a, a, a kid is not uh, well... Oh, Nerd. Yes. And that's then uh, 90% of, of my... My money will will waste in, in in alimentation, but for me it's a happiness because it's, the it's kids only for big for big people deserve a good alimentation. I I know the fathers is a responsibility, but this this not happening. Then if in in the time I will share, in the time I'm share with with these people. I try to make the difference. I can change the world, but I can I can make the difference in those moments every day. Every every, every little yeah. thing counts. We, we can save the world, but in the moment we can we can Do put the, right the best of of, of 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 If you see if you are walking in the in the street and you see uh, a person is suffering, you can help. You you can you can't change their life. No, but you you can help a little, and that is that is enough. We we can make the world fantastic, but uh, we live one life, and what 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 we want for this life to help people to when, when do you, when this. You're, when you're on your deathbed and you're dying, you're not going to look back and wish. Oh man, I wish I didn't no. waste time helping that person, or I wish I didn't waste time uh, waste money on buying these kids nutritious food you're going to look about that those moments yeah. look, look, look at this a discussion i i i traveling the kids uh, to the basketball uh, to the basketball uh, to the basketball to see to see basketball online the the libertad basketball team i i i pay the the truck to travel it to travel this kid oh, wow. to see uh the first basketball play in in, in her whole life and oh some people tell me to me why you waste your money to to leave these people to see a basketball team why not if i say it for you uh, hey come with me uh, we look with uh, i want to buy some beers and and go to i don't know You say me, well, okay, but what is wrong if I I waste my money to the kids who never see a, a, a basketball player in in her in his life, and they are the most happy happiest kid to see a, a basketball player from this town like this was Jordan, Michael Jordan. For this kid, this. A basketball player was uh, Michael Jordan. They are my happiness. 
some local little game, which is only a few miles from where they live. Not even, right? And they, they never even made it to that part of town before. That's crazy. That's crazy. Exactly. Sorry for my English. I, I, I need oh, to okay. doing a good I'm job. Suffering. I'm suffering a lot, though. But uh, let, let's, let's move on. We'll keep the show going. Yes. Everybody who's listening, please, please like and share. Get the word out on Monerotopia in general. Yeah, they, they asked me for a, for a wallet, the people in the... Oh, people are asking here? I don't even see that. Uh, yes. This is Colita wallet. I, I will send you a wallet. Put it up on the screen. Yes. yes give me a second. I, I send you for, for, for Twitter. It's okay? And you... Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You retweet it. But, but you continue, continue. When when I you're ready, when you're ready to do a kuno too, you could come back on and yes. You, uh, but I I will I will do a kuno for for new adventures. I, yeah. I will I come back to Uruguay. I I I I improve my Bitcoin and Monero diplomas because I learn a, a lot of how to teach better. I need to come back, uh, energize me, do. Mm-hmm. Uh, do and, and, and other diplomas with with everything I, I was learned about the people how to teach. Then I I start to travel to South America with humble people to teach Bitcoin economy Monero to read to eat better. I you you know the book El Principito. Principito? Sí, espera. No, I don't think so. Yes. You know, you know it. A little, the little prince, the little, little prince. prince. Yes, yes, I do, I do. Yes, I I read this book for the kids. Mm-hmm. For me, it's a treasure. This is make me happy. That's a great. It's not, great. It's not only Bitcoin of Monero. A, a real treasure is to uh, read to them uh, the little prince, and and this is part of my my mission. This I think uh, Monero and Bitcoin is one. One part, but we need to teach integral things. We must to teach they be a free thinker people. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you can continue with the show. I, I put the wallets in the comments. All right, a scroll of Bitcoin, man. Hang around if you can. Uh, you're doing you're doing God's work over there. You're doing an amazing job, and couldn't agree with you more. It's not just about Bitcoin. It's not just about Monero. It's about teaching people why these tools are important, how to use them, and just in general to to live a life of liberty, um, to use any tools you can to improve your, your self-sovereignty in, the, in this world. Tux, let's keep it moving. We'll do the news. All right, good stuff. Moving on into the new segment. And now for our weekly news segment. Tony. Hey, Tony. guys. Hey, happy weekend. Happy Saturday. What an amazing guest. Like, yeah, Squella Bitcoin's a good, a good guy, man. I hung out down, down in Argentina. From the moment mm-hmm. I met him, he was, he's, he's, a, he's just a passionate, very honest individual. Uh, and that, that's why we, we did bump heads a little bit at moments just because there was some <laughs> there and he, he doesn't hold back at all, which I love. I don't mm-hmm. hold back at all. Uh, but it's just because he, he wears it all on his sleeve. He's a very honest guy. Yeah. So I definitely think if we're going to have Monerotopia in Argentina, this year is going to be so special. Yeah, it's uh, going to be it's shaping up to be to be beautiful, man. I hope you can come down. What do you think? I'm pretty sure. Yes, actually, I'm pretty sure this time I'm, I'm able to come. I have a lot more stability now, so yeah. 
and we, we still haven't officially announced, but yeah, it's it's happening down a bonus. The only reason we haven't put it up yet and sh- like uh, really gotten the word out, started to get the word out, is because we don't know exactly what dates we're going to do it because we mm-hmm. want to do it alongside La BitConf, and they haven't announced their their date yet. Yeah, but yep. it's like be November, December. Yeah. Oh wow. Oh wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. So it's not going to be like April, May. It's going to be. Oh, no, 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 no. No, no, we always knew it was going to be November, December. Well, since coming back from Argentina, but now we just got to zone it, zoom in on the exact uh, weekend that we're going to have it. Okay. Wow. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. 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 Yeah, It's cool. It's going to be cool. But I guess that's when they're going to have their summer. Yeah, it makes sense for a lot of reasons. That's when that's when it's their summer. That's when La BitConf is happening, and mm-hmm. that's that then like moves us away from the MoneroCon conference, right? Because their conference is in June, so ours mm-hmm. would essentially be you know six months later. Okay, so it gives us some okay. nice nice separation. <laughs> that's that's really exciting. Yeah. Um, before I actually get into the next session, I just want to say that um, the most important thing, like Escuela Bitcoin said, it's not Bitcoin, it's not Monero. But it's what they they um, want to allow us to do, which is to have freedom, to enjoy our friends, to enjoy our family, to enjoy reading. You know, the prince, the little kids, and that's that's the ultimate ultimate joy. These are just tools for you to to have freedom to do what you want to do in life. Um, so that's the whole point of Monero. Exactly. Now um, let's get into the new section. So this is very cool. This is the first ever Bitcoin Cash to XMR Atomic Swap on mainnet. Oh shit! I missed yeah. that. Yeah, so PH Citizen executes first ever mainnet Bitcoin Cash to XMR Atomic Swap. PH Citizen has performed the first ever mainnet Bitcoin Cash XMR Atomic cross-chain swap and is now looking to claim the 16 Monero plus 2.97 Bitcoin Cash associated bounty. So that's cool. That's really cool. Yeah, I didn't even know. I guess I had seen mentions of it. I, I thought it was something they were working on. I didn't know it was already uh, accomplished. Yeah, it's already been accomplished. So, yeah. That's a that's a night you know in in this day and age it's actually uh, perhaps a more useful atomic swap than Bitcoin to Monero given the high transaction fees of Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. Um, this might actually be used more as an o- way to onboard between you know from the centralized banking system you could buy your Bitcoin cash and then using atomic swaps you could anonymously move into Monero. Uh, you could. Do it with Bitcoin as well, but everybody knows with the high transaction fees, it's maybe mm-hmm. not as desirable. Mm-hmm. Well, this kind of brings me to this this post, and then we'll go back to Cake Wallet one. Um, someone under the name of Gold Cakes posted on the Monero subreddit: "Is there a strong investment case for Monero?" He said, first of all, yes, I know currency like Monero does not need to be an investment. I've been following Monero since the CryptoNote days and use it both as a currency. And I believe that people have a fundamental right to financial privacy. However, within crypto, there is, of course, the financial investment angle. And I'm having some reservations around the future outlook for Monero's price appreciation. With exchange delistings and a general sea of air that Monero is a currency, not an investment, is there an investment case for why a large amount of Monero makes sense in a portfolio? Please don't take this message the wrong way. <laughs> I love to hear pros and cons and learn new viewpoints from you all. Now, when it comes to, uh, like, for example, Binance delisting and just exchange, exchanges delisting Monero in general, that's that's a good thing. It makes Monero stable, which, as Body said, it's, it is stable and it's been very stable, actually. And um, the whole point of cryptocurrency is not for them to be in a centralized exchange. Those were not part of the plan. That was not Satoshi Nakamoto's plan. So Monero being delisted is actually a positive thing. 
And um, also, he did mention that Monero is a currency, not an investment. If you look at if you look at it through um, through the angle of it being just a currency, and you you know say you put money into it now, and then eventually it's going to become very popular. If it's going to be used as a currency by everybody, that's that's a good investment if you bought it now. Um, yeah, I mean, at the, at the end of the day, you know, it's like pe- it's a tool, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it does something that no other tools can do, right? It does it the best. It's the best thing out there that exists right now for purposes of digital cash. Mm-hmm. It's cheap to send. It's decentralized, censorship resistant, private. It works for that. So sure, mm-hmm. only use it when you need it. The investment case, like you said, the investment thesis is, well, if this one thing does this, does this performs this utility better than anything else. Hmm. And you can speculate on the fact that as more people need a tool like this and it, and with everything that's going on in the world and the current trajectory of things, it seems likely hmm. that if you want to preserve your liberty in the digital age, if you want the ability to transact freely in the digital age, you're going to need something like Monero. So the investment thesis is, okay, uh, if that need is growing and more people are going to be using Monero for that need, then Monero is going to have to inevitably go up in price, right? It's it's Metcalf's law at that point. With the, each mm-hmm. new user, the, the value of the network goes up. Uh, Monero itself is a scarce resource. There's only so much of it to go around at a time. So the, the price of Monero and the market cap of Monero is going to have to go up to provide liquidity for people to do the things they want to do with it as, as more people use it. Exactly. And to add on to what Doug said, imagine a 1984 um, scenario by George Orwell, which if you haven't read the book, um, Gold Cakes or Anybody, I highly recommend it because it's a very interesting book and it seems like that's where we're trending. Imagine that you're in, in 1984 and you're living that situation where Big Brother is watching every single move and you don't have any privacy at all. Now you have something called Monero all of a sudden, which allows you to transact anonymously in such an environment and not even Big Brother can see what you do. Is that a good enough strong investment case? Right. I think it's really strong. It's not, not only does something very good and it differentiates itself from all the other cryptos, but it does the most important thing good, which is offering you freedom. So, right. It's like, you know, if to me, obviously, and this is why I'm, I'm here all, all the time talking about these things and spreading Monero, because I think it is, it's the most, it, it's the investment thesis that makes the most sense to me in cryptocurrency, right? Like yeah. what, what is the investment thesis for Bitcoin at this point? It's well, it's digital gold. Okay. But, but why, why is it digital? Exactly. Why, why do people need Bitcoin. Why can't they store their wealth in something else? What, what gives it its base utility? And initially that base utility came from the thought that it's the network itself, this decentralized network that allows people to transact without censorship and privately. But what, what we've learned is Bitcoin really doesn't provide that utility. So mm-hmm. now it's, it's, pivoted to just being the store of value with no longer really being able to provide the base utility that gave it that store of value in the first place. Um, so if anything, if you, if you think cryptos at all make any sense, something like Monero probably has the strongest investment thesis at the end of the day. If you believe that crypto itself actually can work as, as promised. 
Exactly. Like what's, what's so special about, about Bitcoin's blockchain? People make it into such a holy thing, like that Bitcoin blockchain specifically, but how is it that much different than all the other ones? Yes, 21 million and all the other stuff, but Monero is very, very unique. Um, which kind of brings me to which, let's see which one brings me to this actually. This, um, Zeg delisting updates seems like a huge positive probability delta in my book. If I were bookmaking this event, uh, Zcash is getting more and more likely to pass the compliance review. The only way Zcash gets delisted now is if Binance has taken a hardline stance against privacy coins. Now, I'm going to read most of this because it's interesting. Update. Last night, Nadikan, um, HenH, and I had a call with Binance to discuss HenH's uh, proposed exchange address solution. The conversation primarily addressed Binance the technical questions, and in the end, they ultimately signed off on the proposal from a technical standpoint. Unfortunately, they have postponed the go-ahead for development until they completed the compliance review for all privacy coins on their platform. By the sounds of it, Binance plans to evaluate the discussions they've had with various privacy coin projects, <laughs> whether they plan to adhere to Binance's request, and then potentially delay some coins based on this review. Now, if you if you compare Monero to all the other coins, who is Binance going to talk to from Monero and how is the discussion going to go? Hey, um, are you guys going to become less private? Monero? No. Hey, are you going to? No. Okay, we're going to delist you. Okay. Are you sure we're going to take you off the platform? Okay, go ahead. Like, we, we don't care. But I mean, they, they, they clearly say at this point, this is Zcash. At this point, we have done everything possible to operate with Binance. So, I mean, that, that literally defines the difference between Zcash and <laughs> And Monero, right? Monero <laughs> is not doing anything to cooperate with Binance. It's not looking to, you know, it, what Monero does every day is it, it designs towards being digital cash. If that happens to be in cooperation with Binance, then so be it. But yeah. in no way would Monero ever make any design decisions to try to interface with the centralized exchange. Uh, if it has nothing to do with improving its ability to be digital cash, whereas Zcash is willing to uh, make design decisions based on interfacing with fiat and the centralized systems versus making design decisions solely based on being digital cash. And we're seeing it here where they're proposing to create a new exchange address solution for purposes of being able to interface with an exchange. Um, I, I don't even know what that is. I think it's basically, it's like, right. So right now they have, they have Z addresses, they have transparent addresses. I think it's just a transparent address where you can't even then send it to a Z address. So the Z address is the private addresses. The transparent addresses are obviously the transparent ones. And currently, I guess, you know, you can send from a transparent to a private. But this new uh, exchange solution would be, um, I think, I believe, a transparent uh, address where you can then only send it to another transparent. So they're going out of their way to cater to the centralized exchanges for purposes of uh, abiding by these KYC, AML, Bank Secrecy Act regulations. Exactly. Which brings me to this article, actually. Um, child abusers are getting better at using crypto to cover their tracks. Now, if, if you were someone that needed, um, to cover your tracks, would you use something, would you risk using Zcash or would you just use Monero? And what's interesting, and we'll go over this article now, but if you look at Zcash men- mentions, there's two, Monero, 19, <laughs> Bitcoin, 10. So Monero has a spotlight of 
uh, this Wired article. And essentially, for those who trade in child sexual exploitation images and videos in the dark is a recess of the internet, cryptocurrency has been both a powerful tool and a treasure, uh, treacherous one. Bitcoin, for instance, has allowed uh, denizens of that criminal underground to buy and sell their wares with no involvement from a bank or payment processor that might reveal their activities to law enforcement. But the public and surprisingly traceable transactions recorded in Bitcoin's blockchain have sometimes led financial investigators directly to pedophiles' doorsteps. Now, obviously, God forbid, this is not glorifying Monero being used for for these horrific, terrible uh, activities. These are... That's really, really sad, but, um, it's, yeah, it's, it's the worst possible use case for digital cash, right? It's like, but, you know, we're, we're, we're literally, we're pointing at the, the one, the, the one specific way in which this tool can be used in the worst possible way. It's like, you could, you could apply that same logic to pretty much any other widely used tool. Anything. Focus on the bad, right? Like, oh, a fork. Well, you could stab somebody in the eye with a fork. There's, you know, a hundred people a year get stabbed in the eyes by forks. Um, if water. We, you know, I mean, how horrible is that? You don't want to get rid of forks? Like, it's as simple as just getting, getting rid of them and we prevent those 10 people from getting stabbed in the eyes with, with forks. Water. You can drown someone. I mean, it's, it's, you know, so to, to point these things out. Yeah. You know, uh, it, it, it's, it's, it's fine to do so. Um, but you need to, properly put it into perspective with all other tools i mean it's like the internet makes all this stuff possible we're not here debating whether or not we should get rid of the internet right because it's very clear that the internet adds more value society than than the harm that it causes um it's very clear to me that ultimately monero provides much more positive value to the world than the you know, imbalance the negative use cases that it, that it can provide for. Exactly. And, um, people, you know, people that made the argument that Monero is used by criminals. So why would I use that as if they're being, you know, associated with, with the criminals? If they are safe enough and protected enough to use Monero, you should be also good for your activities as well. Cause on one side of the world, people are doing these, um, nefarious activities. And on, on the other side, we have, um, Escolita Bitcoin teaching people about Monero and, and Bitcoin and then feeding them through his own money and doing all this stuff. So um, even like water can be used as a weapon. You can drown a person, like the dog said, forks. So it's not about the tool, just like guns. Like they won't shoot themselves. It's always the people behind behind the tool. So it's not it's not that, you know, Monero. But um, Chain Analysis Jardin says that Monero in particular seems to be gaining popularity among CSMA uh, purveyors. So... Um, and then this article is, is all coming from a chain analysis report that it, that recently came out, um, that basically is, is saying all these things that's quoted here in this article. And, and what, what is, what is really chain analysis like doing here? What is this about? Um, it's about pointing out that Monero more than, than anything else is being used for purposes of obfuscating transactions and essentially in a way where chain analysis can't do anything about it. Um, and then they're, you know, they're also using Bitcoin privacy tools and they also are implicating instant exchanges. They talk about that as well. And what are they doing with the instant exchanges? They're moving from, you know, Bitcoin into Monero. 
so really what chain analysis is doing here is is pointing out all these things that it doesn't have ability like the greatest ability to really uh do its 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 analysis of right so mm-hmm. in, in the chain analysis world they, they they want nothing more than essentially for monero to to be banned from these exchanges and things so so that they can continue to offer the services that they provide, which is chain analysis, right? So they could sell their chain analysis products for Bitcoin and all the other cryptos, uh, and then get the centralized exchanges to eliminate Monero, perhaps get rid of, they will perhaps would want to see instant exchanges be removed from, from the market made illegal, uh, Bitcoin privacy tools. I, uh, I assume they would want to see it get rid of as well and then they could be like you know now we we have the ability to track and trace all transactions and offer these services to governments and banking authorities and ultimately um ultimately take off monero from exchanges go ahead because monero and exchanges is not a is not something that you should do anyway so take it off and then that's fine we can use bitcoin uh, bcash uh bitcoin cash we can use ethereum and all the other coins to just atomic swap into Monero. So they would ultimately have to to delist all, you know, all cryptos from the exchanges for us to not be able to get Monero. Yeah, they they talk about unlike traditional exchanges, uh, which have largely delisted Monero, instant exchanges are non-custodial and generally don't offer crypto to fiat conversions. Hmm. So they're, they're pointing out how you could still obtain Monero and swap in and out of it using these instant exchanges. But, you know, once and if they're able to uh, work with governments to make instant exchanges illegal, they're then going to have to contend with the final boss, which is <laughs> decentralized exchanges and atomic swaps. And that's when we'll finally start to arrive at, you know, the, the final solution where it will be something that, that can't be stopped and society is just going to have to learn how to deal with it and realize that ultimately this is good. It's a good thing. Yes, people can do illegal, bad, heinous things with it, but just like the internet itself, you know, it's like when we moved out of initially everybody that was using the internet was on America online, right? It was a nice, this nice controlled walled garden. And eventually the internet opened up in a lot of ways. I mean, you could say it hasn't in some, but um, in, a, in a lot of ways, it's become more peer to peer, people able to do things out, you know, without being in these walled gardens all the time. This is the same thing you're going to see crypto go through the same transition to the point where main streamers, not just people that are here on Monerotopia, but main streamers are going to be able to get in and out of Monero just as easily as if they do right now going on Coinbase and buying whatever Litecoin. It's going to become just as easy as seamless. And at that point, it's going to fully, fully integrate into society. And because they won't be able to stop it, they're just going to have to learn to, to live with it and deal with it and go back to doing traditional police work and allowing people to transact freely using these free speech protocols. 110%. And then... Uh, talking about buying Monero, actually, let's go into this now. Uh, the special promotion from Cake Wallet, 0% fees on Monero purchases. So they're thrilled to announce their partnership with uh, OnRam DFX to bring you an amazing offer by Monero with 0% fees, which is going to be available until January 19th. So uh, 0% buying fees, that's right. You pay absolutely nothing in fees when you buy Monero. So if you're interested, look on Cake Wallet and um, go ahead and buy some Monero. 
Unfortunately, DFX is only for certain European customers, non-US, so. Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, this would not be, uh, yeah, in the US, no KYC, buying Monero would not be, mm. no, no one's going to do that. Okay. Is it in all Sorry. European countries, or? Um, I'm not sure which ones exactly, but it's a lot of European countries. Okay, okay. It uses SEPA for the transfers, for the bank transfers. Okay. Watch Romania be the only not. You said it's, not, it's non-KYC? Yeah, it's not. You have to use a bank account for transfers, but it's non-KYC, so they don't have an actual KYC process. Um, so they don't right. make you KYC take a picture of your KYC by your bank that's then integrating with the exchange, right? It's what I mean. You're, you're, you're. It's these are in situations where people are their bank accounts are connected to this exchange, right? Yeah, it's yeah, but it's still technically not KYC because KYC is a bank process where they have to process like a picture of your ID with your face and all this stuff. You're using your bank account, so it's not completely private. There's not going to be any completely private way to buy Monero on these services, but there's no KYC, so you can immediately create an account, immediately start buying. Don't gotta wait two weeks or any of that crap. And they have a you know zero percent fee right now, which is cool. But unfortunately, sorry, U.S. customers. It's not for us. So wait, but how? So how are they getting away with this in Europe? Because my like, I, I thought the KYC rules were just stringent. Up to hundred euro, up to a thousand euro, and then if you want, if you want to buy more uh, than a thousand euro at a time, or I don't know exactly what the limit is there. If that's per day or if that's total, uh, then they have to do KYC. Okay. Yep. Beautiful though. Yeah, I mean, here in the U.S., the closest thing we have to that is Kraken, right? And obviously, Kraken itself has to is KYC, but. Uh, it's the closest thing we have in terms of being able to purchase Monero instantly with your bank account. Okay, uh, moving on. So someone posted, hey, uh, Javier Millet, why on earth are you going to participate in the annual WEF meeting next week? Um, which is interesting. Yeah, I don't know if we have any of our Argentinian contingent on. If you guys want to jump on during viewers on stage, we'd love to hear people's thoughts on, on this. Uh, Millet, Seems to be living up to everything he said in his campaign. He's he's taking actions. He's he's walking the walk as a as a libertarian. Um, but then he's also doing bizarre things like this. But maybe it's as simple as him showing up to to speak his mind in in a libertarian preserving way. Uh, I guess we'll we'll see what he does there. What kind of speech he gives that will really determine it. I don't think there's anything wrong with going to the World Economic Forum if you're showing up as an ANCAP. Uh, and a libertarian and you're, you're speaking your mind. Uh, if you're going there and you're drinking their Kool-Aid and you're spreading their <laughs> things they're trying to spread, then sure. But if you're going there to debate them and to make uh, arguments to the other side, uh, nothing wrong with that. So I guess we'll, we'll see what it's all about, but he's already being like chastised as though he's like, you know, connected to the world economic forum because he's, mm. he's Right, right. Maybe, yeah, maybe he's just going to the conference just to speak his own mind and his own words and just to look at what other people are saying. So not, ne not necessarily that he's part of the agenda. Um, actually, what happens if I type in, oh yeah, showing up on the WF website? He is. Hmm. What, as a speaker? Uh, I'm not sure. No, I'm not sure if, um, I'm not sure if this means that he's part of the WEF or if that's just his speaker. Um, I don't know. This, this whole thing, right? Like you had like the VEC, right? Was on on the World Economic Forum as, as mm -hmm. you know, like, I don't know. I don't think you can really chastise these people for being on the on this website. It doesn't mm -hmm. necessarily mean that they agree with the agenda of the World Economic Forum. Mm -hmm. um, 
Mm-hmm. I, just, I just see too much of that, right? Like it's like the it's like cancel culture, right? Um, yeah, yep. It goes both ways, right? Yeah, like obviously, uh, we we would hope that he doesn't agree with that agenda, but like let's let the guy like prove himself. Um, don't you know? We we got to help your own here, right? He may yes. Let's be vigilant. Maybe he's not really who he, ten- he says he is, but at the same time, don't be so quick to to you know slaughter the guy. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, now let's look at this picture. So somebody said, "WTF? Why is my LG washing machine using 3.6 gigabytes of data per day, which is a lot?" And then someone said, "Someone mining Monero on Bro's washing machine," um, which is funny. Not that far fetched. No, it's not that far fetched. I think um, uh, I don't think it uses. I don't. I don't remember exactly how much data it uses my Monero, but I don't know if it's that. Um, no, but using devices, right? To, like hacking devices and and using them to to mine Monero, right? I mean, um, that's definitely not not far fetched. Or alternatively, it just has a has a microphone and webcam that's just constantly just sending that information to LG, <laughs> watching you do your laundry. But I do think there's a future there, right? Where where kind of these devices start to get get hacked and their computing power, like if their compute power is going to be used for something. Mm-hmm. Uh, Monero, mining Monero is a very likely candidate, right? Like, how else can people most profit from stealing compute power right now? That'll be interesting if someone hacked into a whole community's washing machine and he'll just, <laughs> he'll just mine Monero. <laughs> That'll be funny. <laughs> I when this guy, yeah, this guy battle uh, declared. Yeah, I think it's, he's really asking you, um, Tony. What's yeah. the what's the Monero scene in like Romania? Oh, oh, let me go in the comment section. Give me one second. Yeah, thinking of moving to an Orthodox Christian country like Romania, Hungary, or Greece. Do people uh, freely to purchase goods in those countries? I have to imagine it's not that prevalent, but are you seeing any semblance of it? It's not that people are very much aware of crypto, especially since uh, Elrond is actually from my hometown, Sibiu. So people are very much aware of, of crypto and they invest in crypto and it's very popular. Monero, not everybody knows about Monero. It's definitely not a, you know, really accepted to purchase goods. And it's going to be, so there's a lot of, there's a lot of, um, free markets, people selling their goods and services, you know, on the side of their house, like in the villages or even, even in the city. Um, usually they go in certain places and then, um, they just sell their vegetables and breads and stuff like that. But it's usually older people, not so much young people. So you can try to ask them to, you know, to pay you in Monero for what you buy, the tomatoes and everything, but usually it's older people and that's more difficult to get them to hop on. And then, yeah, I mean, it's going to be difficult and you know, to do it in stores unless you, you use Monero um, to buy um, a debit card or credit card to use or something like that or gift cards. But uh, if you're thinking about moving to an Orthodox con- uh, Christian kind con- of uh, Romania, I do, what I really love about Eastern Europe is that the mentality is very different than the West because we've been for communism and we've been for a lot as a country and as a society, we're not so much, um, we're not so prevalent to, to propaganda. For example, Romania is one of the, uh, we used to make, uh, to be made fun of because we have the lowest vaccination rate, like one of the lowest vaccination rate because everybody doesn't trust the government. And um, yeah, it's, it's a very interesting country where you know, who you know is more important than who you know and money is very, very important. And laws don't really... Don't really apply. <laughs> so right. it's a good place to raise a family, I think. It's a very good place to raise for kids and their development. Yeah, good good food, right? You don't have to worry yes. so much about what 
you what you eat there like chances are it's going to be coming from from a decent source uh there's a lot of positives about you know europe and eastern europe for sure um i go to i used to go to poland quite a bit oh really oh they drink a lot oh my god oh they 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 drink a lot but they they eat very well right it's all uh i mean you know obviously that they don't all eat well but like chances are you're, you're gonna get some 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 good food there from good sources good trusted sources uh not not as bad as the american system no not at all for example when i was there i would i would sometimes well not sometimes but all the time i would feel bad when i would get pastries but then mm-hmm. you would they would have labels with the ingredients flour eggs water you know and then whatever uh, mm-hmm. but also bad because i'm eating flour and eating this and my diet and blah blah but it's like when when I came back to the United States, and then I started looking at the ingredient list for some stuff: phosphoric acid and this and that. And the, the ingredient lists are as long as the First Amendment. First, you know. Yeah, so, um, Europe is a lot better in that ways. And also, I mean, Eastern Europe, Poland. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if Romania is the same way, but yeah, it's it's very yeah very conducive to to like starting a family having a family there yes buying a piece of property like you can enter into the market it's not untouchable like like in many cities in in new york where Mm. or in the u.s where it's just property values are out of whack with regards to how much you know the entry level uh, family is making um, it's kind of easier to, it's kind of like more of the American dream right now than, than America, you know, than what America currently is. Yes. I think it's, a, you know, if, if you can make good money, it's a good place to live in. Especially it's interesting. If you ask even the people that don't have a lot of money, everybody owns at least one apartment. Most of my, most of my friends and their families own one to two properties, but at least one, uh, renting is not that common. I mean, they do rent, but owning stuff is very common. And then people, because family is such an important thing, then it kind of guides your morals as well. Because, you know, your family is going to ask, who are you hanging out with? Who is that person? What are you doing? Why are you not doing anything with yourself? You know, all the, all this stuff. So um, it's a really good place to raise a family and stuff. Awesome, man. Uh, battle saying Malay is a fraud for sure. How can people see it right from the beginning? Yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know if, I, if I'm ready to conclude that. Um, maybe you have more information than, than we do. You're welcome to jump up, by the uh, by the way, uh, for viewers on stage. Give us your full take on Malay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, please go on. I yeah. think oh, no. Can you switch it to um, the viewers on stage if uh, you need to do that before I get back, Tony? Oh, you want me to do that? Sure. Oh uh, yeah, if you if I'm not back yet, thank you. Oh yeah, yeah, sure, sure. I think Body had something to say about the Malay thing also, so I added him up. Oh yeah, please go ahead. Yeah. yeah so uh, I just wanted to make a small plug here. Um, Going to have a debate with somebody, uh, one of the Mexico anarchist people um living in the local area by local area i mean mexico um tomorrow at 5 p.m we're going to have a debate on whether or not Millet is uh you know whether he's a deep state stooge whether he's a genuine anarchist or maybe oh, wow. a useful idiot yeah so we're gonna we're gonna try and hash this out um he's i'm gonna take the side that's not necessarily it's like half pro Millet. it's like optimistic Millet. um i don't see any good evidence of people being like the only things people can say is like Oh, he took some photos with people I don't like. And, uh, he's on the West page. Like, where's the real evidence? Who has he really harmed? And yeah. so I'm going to kind of take the, the position that like, you don't have the proper reasonably good evidence to say that this dude is like some terrible guy and totally fake or whatever. Um, and the other guy is going to try and take the position that, um, you know, that Malay is just, uh, a, a patsy or, or a, a psyop. So 
We're going to try and hash that out tomorrow. If you guys want to join, it'll be on Twitter Spaces, 5 p.m. Central. Oh, beautiful. Oh, cool. yeah, awesome, yeah. We'll get the word out. I'd love, I'd love to try to listen in, for sure. That's awesome. That's really yeah, cool. I, I tweeted it out just this morning, right before the show. So yeah, in, in my mind, I would I would agree with you, right? Like uh, maybe maybe this other guy has some convincing evidence, but like I, I haven't seen anything convincing as to why we should you know consider him a fraud. Uh, he, I mean, he's already been taking actions, right? He, we've, he's already done some extreme extreme measures there in terms of cutting government spending, right? Yeah, yeah, that's my thing. Like nobody that i can think of no single politician ron paul included has done as much as this guy to actually axe the government um right. now ron paul did a lot more in the social sense of spreading the ideas but millay is starting to creep up there like millay has probably done more for spreading the ideas of anarchy and freedom uh out of i mean he's got to be among the top 10 at the moment at, at least at least for the last year right um so yeah i mean we'll we'll try and hash a lot of that out here and try and bring those arguments so yeah, I've never seen a world leader act like that. Like actually, you know, live up to 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 what he said in those in those extreme terms. Um, and I think it's having an a effect outside of Argentina. I feel like you know Vivek uh, is even talking differently. I think he, he's always been quote unquote base, right? Um, I've always been interested in what Vivek mm-hmm. is saying, but I've noticed I'm more interested than than ever in him. Uh, I'm almost ready to go full, full on Vivek, um, and say, you know, he, he's, he's my 100% pick because he's sounding more and more like Malay. I don't know. Have you been following that, buddy? I don't really follow Vivek too much. Um, I like most of the things that he says. I don't like that he's a big Maborder kind of person. Um, mostly I don't trust the way that he says it, <laughs> to be honest. And the only reason that I ever supported Malay at all was because he is a self-avowed anarchist. Like, my favorite quote from the dude is that when the government calls you a taxpayer, that's like a rapist calling his victim girlfriend. And uh, like he completely disavows the, the legitimacy and the authority of the government, which is the only reason why I would entertain him as a politician, because he says, listen, I don't believe in the government. I think it doesn't have the authority. I'm just going here to dismantle as much of it as I can. Um, and to me, like, that's the only reason I could support him, because I don't believe in these systems. I don't I don't believe that voting in. Uh, a tyranny light candidate is going to get us into a good spot. Um, I feel like we basically have to acknowledge the government is a criminal organization and we need to dismantle it. And so that's kind of like, that's my only, that's why I support Malay is because he explicitly says that um, in a lot of ways, I don't think it's good to support candidates. Um, and I know this is a little bit of a pushback against your position. So I, I still respect your position, um, but I do think it's, it's overall harmful to vote in people that are going to go in and say, well, Let's reduce the government, but we'll still have a little bit of tyranny that's necessary for society. So um, that's that's kind of like my position there. I don't necessarily agree with you there. I just ha- I haven't, you know, um, my thing is like working with what we got, right? Um, I just the gov the government is is here, right? So if you can try to use the means we have to change it, uh, rather than like opting out, right? Do that as as much as I can. But the reality is. Like I still live in the U.S., I still have to deal with with my government. It's there. Why not try to put people in office that can move it towards this ideal, right? As opposed to completely ignoring it and saying, you know what, everybody's corrupt, government's corrupt. No matter how, who you put in there is going to become corrupted. 
I figure might as well try to throw the best people we have who usually end up being a disappointment. But um, yeah, I mean, there's, there's a lot of practical reality to that argument and it does make a lot of sense. Like I, I understand the argument for sure. And, um, and I, I would want to acknowledge the practical reality of a lot of that. Like there is this big machine. It is going to do shit to you. Um, so, and even Lysander Spooner talked about like the, the conundrum that people find themselves in with a powerful government like this. They say, well, you know, even if I don't want it to be there, um, I, if I can, but just take control of it, I, I might be able to, uh, lighten my chains some. So, I mean, I understand like that's, it's, it's not an unreasonable position. I just think in a, in the full analysis, generally speaking, it's harmful to lend legitimacy to the system. Um, but you know, we can, if you show up, maybe we can talk about that a little bit more. I don't want to. Yeah, I don't yeah. want to monopolize the show here today on this one topic. So, no, it's all, it's all good, uh, and we can talk about it more once we do viewers on stage. If anybody else has opinions, there, I actually I want to hear people's uh, Vivek take. I don't know if people are following Vivek closely. I want to get the the viewpoints of some some Monero people out there, see what they're thinking. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's move on. Um, so we have a couple more articles, and then we're going to go into the Bitcoin. Um, ETF, and then we have quite a couple of videos to show. Right, we got a lot going. All right, keep keep it moving, keep it moving. Yeah. <laughs> but by the way, I think I should play this whole video since it's two minutes and it's interesting. Then this whole video, and then the first two minutes are interesting. Of the- all right. So, go ahead. All right. Now let's talk about Thai digital money giveaway <laughs> in question after report to government. So accounts differ about an unpublished government report on a plan to use digital bot to stimulate the economy. Essentially, they want to give out $286 uh, dollars to uh, Thai citizens as an economic um, stimulus. This is not, um, and this is this will be for all citizens over 16. It's actually not a, uh, where is it? It's actually not a central bank digital currency. Um, they launched their own CBDC sandbox in June, and the project lasts for three months, and the Bank of Thailand has stated that it has no plans to launch a CBDC. Um, which is interesting, but, um, yeah, so now, right now they're talking about, um, giving away, uh, to people as a stimulus, $286 via, um, this digital bat okay. uh, they've made. So, so that's interesting. Then, uh, Venezuela's unlucky petrol coin to shut down January 15th after six years. Uh, the crypto intent as a blow. Okay. Yeah. This one is interesting. Um, uh, so it wasn't intended as a blow against U.S. sanctions, was never accepted at home <laughs> or abroad and was crippled by scandal. The Venezuelan national cryptocurrency, the Petro, which it's also not a CBDC, will cease to operate on January 15th, basically because nobody was using it. And the coin was created in 2018 to help the country evade United States sanctions, but was never widely used. Uh, the state-run oil-backed, Crypto was launched after the country's fiat currency, the Bolivar, declined sharply under pressure from the United States sanctions and after Bitcoin had already gained a firm foothold in the country. Um, it was never made a legal tender, meaning its accept- acceptance was not mandatory. And what is interesting is that not even the, the Banco de Venezuela, the largest bank in the country, would accept the Petro without a presidential order forcing it to do so. Um, so... Nobody was using it, and um, except Ramirez Camacho, he used it for uh, narcotics trading, and um, he was arrested in Venezuela in March 2023 on accusations of financial improperties within the national oil industry. And the agency he headed was closed for reorganization. Uh, the Petro was not a CBDC. Again, the Central Bank of Venezuela announced plans to create a CBDC in 2021, but those plans never came to 
fruition. That's interesting. It's been it's been quite some time um, for them, but yeah, that's the situation with the Petrocoin. Wow. Yeah, I remember when that first came out. So that that's <laughs> it's a yeah. disaster from day one. <laughs> it's funny. Like not even the bank would use it unless they would be forced to by the government. Um, yeah, so that was that. And then, so let's talk about uh, Bitcoin and Wall Street. This is um, very interesting. Uh, interesting post by Dr. Ginger Ginger Walls. Um, essentially, he's saying that now that Bitcoin is plummeting, this is a great time to review exactly how much Wall Street has fucked the Bitcoin diamond handers. Um, and then he talks about uh, Wall Street and counterfeiting. And given this level of potential to counterfeit, if a few big players on Wall Street decide to take a massive short position in excess of daily average volume, it can easily cut the price in half or more. This is for Bitcoin again. And just operating the ETFs could drive the price of Bitcoin below 10,000 simply yeah, because there are now more Bitcoin. Body, are you still there? I want to get Body's quick insight on this. They're basically, this guy's alleging that the ETF is going to allow essentially big players to short the market more easily. I don't know if Body has uh, any opinion there. Um, yeah, I mean, it's we've seen them set up a whole system with gold where it's not just the ETF, but the COMEX is involved in the LIBOR and all that stuff. They're all involved. Um, we have seen them set up systems by which they can short uh, they can short gold. They can suppress its price temporarily. Um, in the case of Bitcoin, I honestly, it's, it's difficult for me to say that they have any interest in doing that because Bitcoin isn't usable money like Okay, for some small amount of people on chain can do something, but anytime people actually try and adopt it and use it, it's not usable money. So it doesn't exactly promote freedom in a whole lot of ways. And the freedom that it does support is fairly controlled. So why would they want to short Bitcoin? It's one of those assets like they want you entertained. They would rather you be in Bitcoin. They would rather you spend your time um, hodling and hoping for mad gains. Um, and then, okay, sure, they'll probably try and control the price. Yeah. But I mean, the, the holders of Bitcoin are so centralized already. The price is already so propped up. It's like, I just, I don't, well, yes, I think it's possible that this could be, the ETF could be a piece of the ability to short and suppress the Bitcoin market. I don't think that's what they're going to do with it. Tony, you want to uh, show one of these videos? Tony, is it? Oh, are you there? Yeah, sorry, I had to, sorry. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> no worries. Yeah, no, my uh, my squash was burning in the oven, sorry. Your squash, <laughs> nice. Yeah, I put some squash before the show and I left it for like 15 minutes and, I have to get it out now. Nice. Bro, that's hilarious. Phrases I never thought I'd hear on Monerotopia. <laughs> well, I was listening to what you were saying, but I, so I was paying attention. No, no, I, I don't I don't mind. I don't matter. <laughs> the squash is awesome, man. What, what, no, I got it. It's a butternut squash. All right. Are you just, you're just roasting it? And... I just put it in the oven. I put some oil, um, spices, and then... To... <laughs> nice, man. Nice. Uh, yeah, so we got the statement of approval, the spot exchange. Yeah, we don't, we don't need to go through Gary Gensler's whole statement. If you want to play one, uh, maybe the next video. Yeah. Okay. okay. Um, let's play, let's play this one, because this one is with Gary, and then let's play, we're going to play this one after. Yeah, with, yeah. Uh, okay. Yep. You need sound. Oh, okay. Uh, da, 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 da. okay I'm going to do this. What do you have to do to play the sound? Why isn't it just play when you, uh, to share audio or tabs? Show tab screen. Uh, okay. Well, I guess I need to sh- also share the. Oh, okay. Well, I can. I would have to share the entire s- screen or that in- individual. I'll just share the entire screen. That's fine. There we go. Okay. <laughs> uh, okay. Gotta make a test now. Joining us right now, first on CNBC. Is it good? Yeah. yeah. Go ahead. Following that, 
uh, decision that some have described as historic is SEC Chair Gary Gensler. Uh, Chair Gensler, we appreciate you being with us. Let me start by asking you this. Do you consider the decision uh, historic? And it appears that it's a decision that you made um, either reluctantly or perhaps even begrudgingly. Well, look, uh, Andrew, uh, this has been considered for a long time, as you know, uh, uh, starting under Chair uh, Clayton. We had uh, disapproved a number of these over the years and something had changed. Uh, I'm a deep believer in the rule of law and a respect for the courts and taking uh, a new court decision into consideration. Uh, we move forward. I think this is the most sustainable path forward. So it appears, though, from what you're saying and, and reading through the, the decision as well, that what changed is not necessarily something inherent to crypto or Bitcoin per se, but what changed was what the courts did. Is that the way to think about this? Well, I, I, again, I mean, we do everything here at the Securities and Exchange Commission within the law and within how the courts interpret those laws. And uh, that's what the American people expect. And that's what uh, we do here. What is your message to investors about Bitcoin now? Because we're going to have all sorts of public investors now potentially have access to Bitcoin in a way that they didn't before. We were just talking uh, to Larry Fink. Uh, he said that uh, he got a, a huge wave of uh, new investors uh, getting into Bitcoin through this ETF. Uh, you have still uh, suggested to be cautious uh, about it. And I, I'm trying to understand how you think about those cross currents in terms of the message you're telling investors. Well, look, uh, Bitcoin itself, we did not approve. We do not endorse. This is a product called an exchange traded product, a way uh, that investors can invest in that underlying non-security commodity called Bitcoin. But yes, investors, I think, should be uh, aware that this the underlying asset is a highly speculative, volatile asset. And uh, amongst its uh, use cases is really uh, for illicit activity, money laundering and sanctions and ransomware and the like. And uh, I, I know that you've asked other people over the last few days, um, is it being used as a store of value? It's a speculative, volatile store of value. Is it being used as a payment anywhere? Are we buying cups of coffee with it? Not really. Uh, the only payment mechanism it's being used for uh, in, in sort of an, in a primary sense is illicit activity. So I think you've been spot on about that, Andrew. Yeah. Okay. And now let's watch um, Scaramucci. But this, this is a response to um, more to Senator Warren. Yeah, you know, so Gary Gensler is very much on the side of Bitcoin. Uh, doesn't really have any utility, mm -hmm. um, and that its only use case is for doing illegal illegal things, <laughs> which is really referring to Monero at that at that point more so. <laughs> and still, but it's it's just ignorant at that point. Um, okay, so let's play let's play this video as well. Senator Elizabeth Warren, and I don't think I have the tweet in front of me, so I'm not I'm not going to quote it because I don't have it. I'm just going to summarize it. Came out and basically criticized the SEC for this. I mean, there we go. Oh, great work, guys. I'll read this to you if you missed it. The SEC is wrong on the law and wrong on the policy with respect to the Bitcoin ETF decision. If the SEC is going to let crypto burrow even deeper into our financial system, then it's more urgent than ever 
that crypto follow basic anti-money laundering rules. That's actually not from tonight, or I think it was, maybe earlier today. Yeah, well, she, well, What's your tonight. take on it? What's your take on that? Well, I mean, she feels like she's now bought and paid for by the uh, National Banking Association. So maybe they wrote that tweet for her, I don't know. But here's what I really think about her. Uh, she knows better. She was a Harvard Law School professor. She understands the law. She understands the legal precedents. She understands the administrative law, uh, but she doesn't like the law. And so that's why she's saying that. And this is the wonderful thing about our country. We have a decentralized government, a very flat system, lots of checks and balances. These two autocratic type of people, Gensler and Warren, tried to block something that was in place and tried to block something that the public wanted. You may remember the Uber situation. The regulators did not want Uber, uh, but the people wanted Uber, and the people went out in a democracy. And so these two guys, uh, they will go on the ash heap of regulatory history eventually, thank God. Uh, and this industry is here to stay. It will flourish and grow. And as Kathy said, uh, this is a layer, and these are protocols that we're going to be using to de-layer financial services, make it cheaper, mm-hmm. and really help the underbanked out there that Elizabeth Warren is supposedly for, but she's obviously not anymore. <laughs> it's true, yeah. S- Senator Warren's take on all this never made any sense to me. Like, why she would be against crypto from day one when her whole shtick was to, you know, uh, make, make the banking sector more permissionless and accessible to people. Mm-hmm. She is uh, being the largest enemy of of Bitcoin and crypto in general. Uh, I think the the most interesting is what Scaramucci saying is right, right? Like, look look at Uber, look at Airbnb. These things yes. are illegal in many ways, but they succeeded because the market just demanded it so much. The market wanted it so much because it provided so much value. Um, that's what we're going to see with Monero, guys. If enough people use it, that demand is there. That demand is always going to be there, especially as as the world becomes more and more digital and locked down in different ways. There's going to be always be that innate demand for digital cash. And because of that, it's in the long run going to succeed because the people are going to want it and going to demand it. Mm-hmm. It was interesting that they were against um, against Uber, and then there were some talks about that in Romania as well, where they were trying to ban it, and I think they did at some point. But Uber, I mean Uber and Bolt and all these um, all these companies, they also protect the, the the consumer because you can check who's driving you, and you can see reviews and stuff like that. When you go in a taxi, you just you don't know. So yeah, I mean the market is going to decide eventually, um, and hopefully it's going to be in the favor of of Monero. But it, it, this kind of brings me to. What Body said last episode that um, I think you said Body that you hope that Biden will be yeah, president again that they will do all these crazy stuff because only then people would would wake up. I think you said something along those lines. Um, if not, you can you can confirm. Um, but I, I would agree to that in in a way. It would you know, you know it would suck to have him as a president again and see all these crazy things being enacted. But humanity needs something bad enough to wake up. Because if it's not bad enough, then they're not going to um, to wake up eventually. So, agree, agree, agree. Let's uh, let's move to viewers on stage. People are asking in the private chat: Is there you guys? I don't know why they talk in the private chat. Why don't they just talk in the comments? <laughs> <laughs> hey, like look at the Monero community. They're all in the private chat. The private <laughs> chat. We have like very active conversation. 
what is that? Why why aren't people just talking out in public? It would be better, you know, share, share the information with everybody. Um, but yeah, we should try to get some Monero super chat thing going on here. I always wanted to do that. We never implemented it. Uh, I know, I know I've seen others do it. Yes. Um, I think like Luke, uh, what's his name? Luke Smith does it. Um, all right. Viewers on stage. Did we lose Tux? Uh, he said if he's not going to be here, then I'm, I'm going to uh, transition. So, okay, let me go ahead and do this. Oh, we also had the Black Rocks, um, video do you want to play two minutes of that or just go go to viewers on stage and, and then play it or yeah you can play let's let's go to viewers on stage let's get everybody up we can bring mm-hmm. it up on here sounds good okay give me one second. okay it's the viewers on stage segment it's that time where we invite you the viewers up on stage to comment on anything you've heard so far today ask the guest a question or maybe talk about one of the news topics come on down come on down guys <laughs> Putting it in the private chat. Guys, bring it to the public chat to make it more active. Um, obviously, yeah, if there's something that you need to say behind the scenes, but in general, let's, uh, let's bring it up to the public chat so people can get involved. Alaska Anon. Hey, Alaska Anon. Hey, man. How's it going, guys? Brian, everything, everything that I want to say would not even be allowed to be said on those other platforms. I mean, I dare you <laughs> go through and look at some of the shit that I say in the private chat. There's no way you're going to even be allowed on stream after <laughs> What will be based is when we have the entire infrastructure on the dark web. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What will be based is when we have the entire infrastructure on the dark web. Whoa, 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 whoa. Somebody needs to. Everybody good. Everybody good. See that feedback. There we go. There we go. There we go. Jesus Christ. Uh, <laughs> like, look at what we're saying in this chat, though. Like, we can't say that in public. Like, it's and, just no and look, way. like, some of us some of us don't want to use those public platforms. Some of us yeah. are here because we don't have YouTube. We don't have Google. We don't have Twitter. We don't have Doug, any I've been trying to tell you that forever. Like, things. all of my family uh, and friends wait, that watch the show, they watch it on, like, on like front ends that don't give you view counts or they watch it on like, and it's the same with Monero. I actually had a, uh, a chart. I'll link it in the chat for those of us who actually give a shit, the private chat, but if anybody wants to look at it, you know, we keep talking about like, Oh, the price pumps in the circular economy and stuff. But if anybody wants to look at that, or if you want to share it, uh, Tony could share it. Like, the only time that anyone gets more transactions than Monero on the chart that I just showed is when there's some kind of like stock pump and dump going on. And I'm talking even things that people think are mainstream like Dogecoin or Bitcoin or Ethereum. Even Ethereum transactions are usually less than Monero. And Monero is being used as cash. Well, Doug, the same thing's happening to you right now. Your view counts on Odyssey, YouTube, all of these other things are about one fiftieth the size of the actual audience. I was watching Monero talk for like forever before we met in Mexico. And I was trying to tell you even then, like you've never gotten a single view count from me because I don't actually publicly use those platforms. But it's kind of the name of the game with Monero. We hate that crap. Like, we hate YouTube. We hate Twitter. We hate all of that crap. 
you know, it, but I'm, I'm so glad that people like you are willing to broadcast to those public platforms. And I understand that you're basically, you have this huge uphill battle because your core audience is people that will literally never use them, right? Like it's, we're just never going to use them. But if you're going to reach the normie, somebody's got to do it. And it's got to be you. You speak normie, man. The rest of us are just like, nah, I'm good. Yeah, that's true. I'm, I'm half idiot. I'm half idiot. I can, I can interface with the, with the geniuses. Um, now I'm bringing up this, this Luke Smith thing. We gotta, why, why don't we implement this, the shadow chat? Yeah, that's what it was that you were looking for. Who was it? Uh, I think it was Fiat Demise wanted to know about that. Self-hosted, non-custodial, and minimalist Monero super chat system written in Go. Um, I don't know, Tux, maybe you could help me get that going, figure out how to get that going. Michael was asking about that on his interview too, by the way. Michael 10, and I didn't even know what to tell him. But yeah, that was... Yeah, that be was fun. He was asking you know, too. I was I was also like trying to brainstorm, like thinking like what what are some other I know we tried doing a game on here back in the day, but it'd be fun if we can implement some thing, game, event on a on a weekly basis in Monerotopia that gets people sending transactions throughout the show. I guess it could be as simple as this super chat, but um now I'm not even just talking about us being able to get tips, but kind of make it where the the viewers can be more interactive by way of sending small micro Monero transactions, whether it's yeah, like- you know, the other thing about the game that at your guest segment with uh, uh, the, the guy that you just had, I forgot his name already because I'm like retarded, but <laughs> the, he cool. teaches all those kids with games. Yeah. He was an interesting guest. Yeah. He dude, that that guy was awesome. Like that guy is like the, the crypto Jesus man walking amongst the, the people know, know. getting it out there he's 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 a very he's a very yeah he's very genuine uh when i when i saw him there like in in the moment when he'd, he'd go just like play, play with the kids to just start to like he just always had a smile on his face whenever he was interacting and, and teaching people things that's that's what drives him yo i'm back um what what's up Tux, how do we how do we in, implement yeah. shadow luke smith's uh shadow chat into our Monerotopia shows. Looks this shadow chat. What is this? A non-custodial and minimalist Monero super chat. Oh, interesting. Maybe there's something else we can use. I've seen, I've seen Luke use it on his stream, and he basically, you know, people can tip him live in Monero. Uh, but then he also has it set up where he can show the comments that are being sent with the Monero tips. I don't know how we can do that. That's interesting. I might have to try setting that up. You'd probably yeah. have to, you'd, you would have to, if you want it to show up on stream or something, you'd have to use OBS. You can't really customize the way StreamYard streams. So, oh, so you yeah, might have things to use like those which are happening in Argentina. There's a way with StreamYard. Yeah, that's very good. Oh, shit. Now we're going to go to OBS. Is, you don't think there's any way to kind of use our StreamYard setup and add? And no, probably not. You you could totally do it manually, or you could set up an API like the way that uh, the general fund does, where if you know, where if somebody sends uh, a chat, it'll automatically post it onto Twitter or whatever. And that, by the way, would be your best bet for getting your audience to interact uh, with Twitter. Would basically be just to create some kind of API that just like auto feeds stuff into Twitter. But then you're gonna get one of those like 
4chan, like the slash B things where they had those Twitter boards that were live feeding what people were saying on Twitter. And they just got like taken over by gore and stuff. So you're playing with fire on that one. If you want to use this tool specifically, you would have to use, you'd probably have to use OBS. You can't, the only way you do it with StreamYard is if you, um, if you want to show it like on the stream automatically, you'd need to be constantly sharing some window, some screen, um, because you can't customize the way the stream works. So we can, I mean, we can figure that out for you and give you like some answers later, Doug. Like I'll, I'll get some of my nerd friends on it and then like, they can report to Tux what they've learned, and then he can kind of bring it on a plate. <laughs> so. Yeah, let's, I'm sure we can figure something out. It would be fun. Mm-hmm. And then, like I said, if there's, I don't know, any any creative ideas, I've been thinking a, a lot about it recently of uh, some kind of game or thing we could we could do on the show on a regular basis where we get people sending micro. A tipping function is good. Like if you have a decentralized, means separate, means client, which is private, open source, and just simple tipping. Uh, I think that's also a very good start. That's a good start. But yeah. I'll I'll donate a hundred dollars to like an on-stream XMR transaction based game platform. Uh, we'll just no, you like won't. throw it up like a bounty. Like the first person. No, you won't. You'll donate. Up. What's that? You'll donate zero. You'll donate zero point six Monero, not a hundred dollars. What he said. I'm fucking <laughs> all about that. Thanks for the catch, bro. That's what I'm talking about right there. I love you, man. We don't price in dollars I- around here, fool. Yeah, there there is something that I wanted to point out that uh, that um, body was talking about, um, but just like kind of an addendum, I guess, to what he was talking about with the Malay and tying it into like Trump, Bolsonaro, all of this other stuff. Um, a lot of people forget. Well, for one, I think he's totally right. Like you, you, guilt by association is like one of the trashiest logical fallacies you can possibly make. And, and the perfect example of that is guilt by association. You could literally hang Jesus with that. And I mean, you could literally hang Jesus with guilt by association. It is one of the most sinister logical fallacies out there because you are basically creating a barrier of separation between the people who need information and the people who have information. In a lot of ways, it's much worse than just like a, a straight up lie. So all of these people, if you think that you're some kind of fucking genius because you have pictures of so-and-so hanging out with so-and-so, dude, you are like literally committing the cardinal sin of the reasonable man. But then the other thing is, even if it's true, Okay, like even if Millet ends up being some absolute, well, you guys get the idea. It doesn't change the fact that the the tide has been turned by his mere presence on the political stage. Because, you know, that like it's a huge changing of the guard if it's gone from people towing the line to people, even if it's in, even if it's in speech only advocating for our ideology but uh the two greatest presidents in american history in my opinion and i've shared this before but i don't think people understand how how important this is the two greatest presidents for an anarchist in the history of the united states have been biden and trump and the reason is they have moved more people into the anti-government camp than all of the other presidents combined 
because the the hatred and the vitriol for those two candidates have have put the fear of centralized political power into government bootlickers, right? And sometimes like creating that fear of government power is a good thing. Um, and that ties into that whole accelerationism, right? So uh, even though generally speaking, accelerationism is kind of a bad policy overall because you don't really want things to get worse. Sometimes if there's no way but for things to get worse, you just rip the Band-Aid off, right? You know, it's like setting a broken leg. You just do the damage and get it done, which is hilarious because that's another thing that body's been like championing lately is like, I don't even care how much worse it gets if it gets us there faster. Um, But it also bolsters the parallelism of building, uh, the building a separate economy, which is one of the reasons why I shared that chart in the private chat, if anybody wants to look at it. But once again, we have years now of documentation that Monero is the parallel economy in crypto. The only times that anyone gets like volume of transaction on the level of Monero is from speculation moves. And that goes for Dogecoin, that goes for Ethereum, Bitcoin, all of it. I mean, if if you like this whole idea of the uh, what's that? I've, I don't even engage in it anymore. But you know how there's all those shit coins on Ethereum and that people are swapping this for that or whatever, trying to get those gains, you know, the crypto coomers if they're fucking shibu inu or whatever like oh, the even ERC those coins. transactions trash talk less... coin. yeah like even those transactions make up a smaller volume on like a monthly basis than xmr does xmr is being used now and it proves that like this isn't it's not an underground like cypherpunk cypherpunk thing like this is where people are actually doing things now and it's inarguable. The volumes speak for themselves. Um, but it also is more and more representing an exit strategy for people who, en- who engage in that gambling. And more and more every day, the transactions are moving into Monero being the exit strategy. And uh, the ETF thing, I wanted to rephrase something that I think Body was saying. Um, but from, from a physics standpoint, there's this idea of resonance math, and it's one of the reasons why pressure relief valves are so common in politics. Um, so the idea being, uh, a lot of a lot of movements they'll they'll build on themselves, right? Somebody will start talking very vocally about you know this thing or that thing, and then it creates these waves of more people engaging in the same conversation. Um, and the Bitcoin ETF a lot of us recognize it immediately as a pressure relief valve. And most of those people who are really understanding it are people who are intimately familiar with uh, resonance math, right? So the, the, the Bitcoin ETF represents people trying to be able to, as Body was saying, control an explosive price movement one way or the other, because they saw what happened with Bitcoin when it had its price explosion. And they're terrified of that happening again. So financializing the shit out of Bitcoin allows them to use an infinite supply of fiat to depressurize that resonance mathematic property. 
and, and I don't know if I'm explaining it super well to like maybe like a normal person level, but the physicist in me like sees it immediately. This idea of of suppressing the harmonic of price actions is so important to these people. And a lot of people in the crypto space are totally missing it because they love the idea of normalizing Bitcoin in these ETFs and stuff. But it's completely... That is a great count- analogy. Yeah. Um, another thing that I wanted to point out is if you look at this, well, it's, some people call it five, some people call it seven stages of grief, Right. And you look at like those that we know to be the adversary, right? Like everybody knows Gary Gensler is like the bad guys, right? At this point. I mean, like just his actions speak for himself. Well, the first one would be shock, right? So as people sought after an alternative instead of their fiat financialized prisoner of war camp is what I have written. Right. So they were shocked that people wanted off the reservation. And then there was the denial, um, always saying like, oh, there will never be, you know, Bitcoin will never make a change. Like the the world is going to continue on the way that it is. And then there was anger. You saw all of the lawfare and the threats and then trying to make the normie fear the idea of like taxes and money laundering and all of that stuff. And then not that long ago, they hit the bargaining phase And so they started to lure in like the Lambo crowd, the degenerate gamblers. They tried to compromise the on and off ramp and make sure that people were reporting properly and offering up their data. Um, And then the depression phase was all of these clown world politicians trying to make things illegal, trying to create regulatory hurdles, lashing out at the people who continue to want out of fiat. And like trying to say, no, no, make it part of your portfolio, make it part, you know, and then you can you can pull out your fiat and when it's up and down and blah, blah, blah. Um, But the last two phases, the once again, depending on if you think it's five or seven stages, but the same idea of acceptance and hope that's in our court. That's not in their court. So in other words, if you're looking at this from an art of war standpoint, which anybody on the show should be, okay? And by the way, if you have not read The Art of War, shame on you. It is not that big, and you should read it at least five times. <laughs> but acceptance and hope and processing grief, right? That's our battle space. We have now hit the stage where we have way more control over the rest of this process yeah. than we did the previous steps of the process. And if this doesn't make your dick hard, like you just don't know about war because we are fucking like right where we want to be right now. And so what I have written here is uh, the processing the grief. That's an enlightened person's journey. It may not come to fruition for some and how it plays out is in the hands of the people more than those who resist our efforts. So in other words, either they accept the futility of like our victory here or they get left in the dust like those are the two options because a parasite cannot survive without the host and that is how these people survive so all of those bitcoiners that are trying to play ball with this etf stuff and with micro strategies it is absolutely hilarious to me that people think that they're (laughs) going to get out from under vanguard by switching to fidelity. It's or like all of these other memes about like, oh well, we'll just take our money somewhere else. It's like there there is no counterparty 
outside of the fiat system if you're doing it denominated in dollars. I guess maybe gold would be the only other one, right? But like even gold still has all of these price suppression mechanisms. If you are thinking that micro strategy is an alternative to Vanguard, then you have no idea who owns micro strategy. And it just goes to show that these people are so far out of their element. If they think that the Bitcoin ETF represents any level of liberty for Bitcoin, like it's like they have completely sold out at this. And a lot of them may not know any better. Maybe this isn't their native language and maybe they're just like all cracked out on the hopium or whatever, but they have got to get their reality check. They have got to figure out who owns these people. Who is trading these ETFs and what the on and off ramps for the fiat that back these ETFs actually are? They clearly have no idea what they're talking about, right? So, and that's, you know, I'll try to uh, yeah. I hope that helps. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, I see people like complaining about Miller. Yeah, it may be true. He could be a psyop, but still his ideas, uh, like uh, you cannot expect every politician to be like Murray Rothbard or like Hans Hoppe type, but still uh, at least some ideas were, uh, since even if they're like of uh, like a CIA asset, but still their ideas, the vehicle, it can be used. Suppose right now the regulations in Argentina is very like relaxing. So people can just go and spread the knowledge of Monero or at least the idea that made the uh, United States so great. The idea of Constitution Republic or even the idea of self-preservation. So at least you can use mediums like them. But yeah, you can, one can say that, yeah, they are like an asset, but still you have to look that every, you, we will not get everything perfect. Test, test. Who's hey. this? Uh, Doug, hello, good day, and thanks for letting me be here. A big fan of yours and of the show. A topping of the cherry for being in social conditions like that. So thanks for jumping on, man. Can, can you make your sound a little louder? Yeah, your volume is just a little low there, homie. And by the way, Libertad, I did get my shirt. Thing. I'll get my uh, spiel in while, while he fixes that. Um, okay, yeah, Repsy, get your spiel in. Yeah. So, yeah, I wanted to talk about what happened earlier in the show, like where he was talking about like the Bitcoin fees. Um, yeah, I just it's just personally related to me because I was working on an Ethereum project, and like that, our most common like complaint was the fees are too high, and so we just switched to Polygon. And like when you're developing and using the, the fees, like you, you, you justify it to yourself. You, it's kind of a cope, but then like at the end of the day, it just sucks to have to pay more to move your money. Um, then as far as the Malay thing, I think leaders are really relevant in how they move the Overton window. Like, you know, he's just changing the conversation. Um, I, I, I assume Doug has a point about the, the Vivek trying to like mimic him. Um, that'd be cool if we could get like a, like a compilation or something. Um, and then market wise, I just think like we, we don't really talk about how Mark, how Monero has kind of been like ahead of the market um, because it peaked in February of 2021 and then bottomed in summer 2022. And like, so it's like, you know, peaking and bottoming like ahead of the rest of the market. Um, and then uh, psychologically, I think it's it's uh, a good point to make here is that it's easy to convince it's easier to convince someone of a lie than to convince someone that they've been lied to. Um as far as like the psychology of why people like continue to buy into 
the things that are like these like scams, like the the Bitcoin ETF thing. But then on a large part, the the Bitcoin ETF. Well, Bitcoin, like I, I see no utility personally with Bitcoin left. Uh, I really think that all that's left for it is the greater fool theory. And uh, now now it's the fiat industry holding the bag. So um, I'm personally OK with that because I don't I'm not even sure Bitcoin with its inflation rate is uh, viable long term. Points. Yeah, that is true. The Overton window argument is very good. Like for like a privacy community of Monero, we have to look at what's the Overton window, how the Overton window will shift more so that we'll get more adoption. So, yeah, that's a good argument. Hey, Slave, you want to try to say what you're saying again? Because it sounded good, but I couldn't hear you. Yeah, very good. Give, give it another shot. Uh, oh, do you hear me now better? Yeah, that's a lot better. Little little mumbly though, but go ahead. Um, yeah, so I have a couple of rants. Um, the first question I have is where are my memes? I have memes on xrmemes.com and somehow the coach got down uh, or something and I sent them to Doug um, a year ago or something. Um, yeah, so that's the, I guess. Uh, so it, there's a bounty on my memes. I pay zero, uh, a decimal for whoever finds my memes. I found uh, one of them, and um, there was like a video of lots of memes on YouTube, so I found them there. Yeah. Sounds like you're uh, sounds like you're talking a little too close to your mic, slave. It's peaking really, really yeah. uh, bad. It's very hard to understand. I mean, it sounds like you're saying some interesting stuff. See if you could fix your sound a little bit. Uh, what you, can you restate the uh, the URL too? You said xmrmemes.com, but it's not coming yeah, up. That's true. Xmrmemes.com. Do you hear me now better? It's yeah, that's perfect. I don't see it. It's not better. Yeah, cool. Yeah, so. Um, I, I translated zero to Monero in uh, Portuguese, and I have one or two chapters to it. And so, and yeah, uh, other people see that Will is there to help with questions. And I'm now in uh, German as well, and I might use Chachi to translate that. Cool, man. XMR memes. Uh, trying to bring it up, but it looks like it's not. Uh, it's not showing on on the website. I don't know if it's down or something. Yeah, that's just the the icebreaker. Like, um, yeah, how how I said, that's like zero point one Monero to get my memes back. Um, another thing I would like to go into is all this uh, shitcoin talk. So, what makes Monero one hundred and fifty times smaller than Bitcoin is that if you divide the total hash rate of Monero by the fastest machine, which is the Antminer X five, you get roughly. Uh, 10,000 machines. Divide the total 500 exahashes of Bitcoin by the fastest Bitcoin miner, you get roughly, um, like, you get 150,000, 1.5 million times more machines than, like, I was. I totally see it. I've never yes. thought about that before. That is clever. I, that's, so, uh, so the thing is that um, what we need to do like we should mine it and we should incentivize the mining and um the other rant i have which is uh related to my uh, nickname is slave broker and i have it for a while um and i would like to change that and there's also a bounty on that for 0.1 monero whoever convinces me that the um, like the dumbest way to go to layer two 
Like it's the KISS principle, keep it simple, right? right? We're just one S, we are intelligent people. So that's a huge rant, and I don't want to co-opt the show. That... No, we're, we're happy to have you. I just wish your sound was a, your sound was a little bit better. Uh, I'll put a bounty out of 0.2 XMR for you to get a microphone. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. We'll start that bounty. I think you I think you gave us the wrong uh domain name like xmrmemes.com like there's nothing that comes up when, when you go to that site. Yeah, that's right, but it existed. Oh, oh you used it. Oh, yeah. Okay, actually no, okay, no. I'm a professional meme creator because I got tipped in the mail, so I know what I'm talking about. And I send that to Doug as well, all the memes. Then uh, the um, meme of um, Klaus Schwab and his friend uh, Harari, Hover Harari, um, with they cannot kill Monero uh, was really great as well, the poster. Personally, I think that that hash rate proposition regarding price and volume, and that is a fascinating concept. Uh, it's, I, would, I would love to synthesize that so like a, a lay person could understand it. I, I get what you're saying, but I mean, that's, that's like, some pretty like, heavy math principles be, for a normal person. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not, I'm, I usually interrupt people. And I'm sorry for that. Uh, the thing is that if I would be Jeff Bezos, who sh- probably shits money at breakfast, I would just take a AWS um, a data center and I would just, um, just for fun, just to see it burn. I would just, uh, Put 6,000 uh, ant miners X5 running for Monero and just mine empty blocks, and that's your freedom. Then I would call the five major uh, Bitcoin miners and I would say, just turn the machines off at a given day and date, and that second, and Bitcoin doesn't mine like the adjustment last forever. And uh, now there is 250,000 unmined transactions on mempool.space. Are you kidding me? That's like ridiculous. It's, I, I would love to put together some spreadsheets for like, with like predictive models and then see how far we could take it in, in a practical experiment. Um, are you in the... Uh, on the element chat for i mean is there anywhere that we could like come together with some uh we could put together an experiment and then deploy it into the world so we have predictive models in advance because this could be like one of the most amazing pieces of data no one's ever done that before as far as i know i guess the closest thing would be when the uh when the chinese mining crackdown happened and what's really bizarre is that crackdown actually lines up perfectly with your thesis like that's a that's a really interesting thought experiment man could you uh like elaborate on what he said because i think his mic was kind of bad when he said i thought he he was basically saying that they're you know there's not enough individual cpus mining mining no it's more than that what he's saying is the hash rate and the difficulty, and then uh, some of the variables would be like, I mean, that would be implied in this would be the, the total supply and the volume. Better or not? Or not? I don't want to make the resonance. Is it better or is it noisy? No, it's not. You really need a different mic. Let, let me see if I can synthesize this for you. Well, whatever mic you're using, and just use the the internal. 
Hey, um, one thing that you might do, you're, you, it still sounds like you're clipping your mic just a little bit. So if you're able to turn the gain down on your mic, what you can do is go into the settings here on StreamYard, click the, the dot, dot, dot more, and you should be able to go into your settings and then change your audio and then turn up your audio volume on StreamYard. That way your microphone won't be clipping, but we'll be able to hear your voice better. Yeah, and in the meantime, I just want to point out, so basically he has a theory about price that I've never actually heard anybody say before, but the idea being hash rate is a missing piece of price in crypto because it's unique to crypto. So our normal and traditional economic mechanisms aren't aren't taking into account that your hash rate and then your supply and and uh, they they call it money velocity normally, normally but, but your, your transaction, transaction count. count. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, well, now no, I'm echoing. Slave might be able to get into this further. Slave, you still there? Well, lots of echo today. Uh, you, guys, you guys are getting echo right now? Do you see slave? Because I, I rather not be called a slave. Yeah, it's called slave blocker. That's the nick I want to lose. Not How about I call you blocker? Call <laughs> <laughs> you blocker, though. Sorry about that. Yeah. Or maybe slave. <laughs> But the the premise I think that he's getting at here, I'm pretty sure he's getting at, is we're not accounting for hash rate when we look at for a, a perfect example would be BTC XMR price evaluation, right? So when you have these unbelievable hash rates and then you incorporate the idea of mining empty blocks, um, it creates pressures in the price that are unique to crypto. And the thing is, is Monero, because of the way that it is mined, there there is probably downward pressure that is a result of the way, the way that hash rate stays low regarding how much computing power is being allocated to it. Ah, the mic right. volume. Is it no better? Yeah. Oh, man, that's yes, that's amazing. much better. Much, yeah, much great, better. Great, great, great. No, because I have this uh, Jack 3.5 and it's really small and I got it from another person. So that's great. So um, I want to do another rant and that's about layer two blocks. So uh, I, I, we are kind of hypocrites because uh, if, if we do 50k transactions per second like Visa Network on the 23rd of December, we're having, I made the calculations the other day, it's like 36 terabytes every day. So then people say, oh, that's too much. Uh, you cannot calculate the whole backbone of the financial system on your computer. No? Well, it, it's sort of uh, not so much CPUs, but I have like 48 cores or 50 cores running uh, in another location. So I don't need to put all cores on random X. I can put some cores on... Um, on on the mempool and what i want to say is that uh this concept of layer two blocks we should well the the most stupid thing to do would be just to raise the block size there is no small blocker big blocker we're all in this boat together so everyone is a small blocker because the main chain should stay as small as possible and what i'm saying is that uh blockchains they 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 scale like flags because if I want to have all the transactions, I just keep all the transactions 
for the last year and I take the layer 2 block, I make a hash as stupid as possibly can be and I put the hash in the in the master block, I call it, right? So, but you cannot do that in Bitcoin. Why? Because there is no reference. If you do that twice, then, um, I probably lost you guys, but um, there is no key images. So you there is no reference. Uh, you would do that twice with the hash and then you would say, okay, so my argument is your keys and your layer two blocks, your coins, because you would keep the layer two block, you would keep the slave block, you would send it to the miner, you would prove that your inputs are valid because that slave block has the hash in the in the master block in the chain, like uh, one year ago or something, and the miner would say, okay, there's the hash, it's collision resistant, uh, so those are your inputs, and that's cool. Uh, yeah. Hey. Slave blocker, that also would improve uh, the the privacy as well for like algorithmic uh, reverse engineering. Yeah, because there's nothing to see. There's just the hash of the the layer two block. If there's nothing to see, there's nothing to analyze. So, yeah. Um, Have you floated this to the core team yet? Well, uh, I wanted to be present in the MoneroCon in Portugal, but I work from Monday to Friday, and, like, I'm a hobbyist of Monero. Um, yeah, For now, so, we all are, bro. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah I, have, I have rants yep. and rants. I don't want to co-opt the show. I'm, uh, like, yeah. I'm going to be here next yeah. Saturday to... Dude, this to... is the point of the show. Keep <laughs> yeah. going, man. You need to tell this to the, the core team, too. I yeah, all the problems all BTC is facing, all the problems BTC is facing, even like they have even the political will to like uh, make sure they have confidential transaction long ago. But after getting the ETF, they, uh, uh, it's actually hard to explain to the, even their stupidest uh, followers that how can they explain their followers? that they have so much political will that they won't get delisted, but they still cannot implement confidential transaction because uh, it just shows how co-opted that whole project is. No, but that's cool, you know. It could be cool to have the Trojan horse, like BTC, as a, like a history chain, you know. You could, uh, like, I don't know, just commit the historic events of the world and then, yeah, just like... Yeah, it was on that date because I have the file here and there's the hash, so it must have happened not before, not later. So, I Could don't know. you imagine what a maxi would be doing right now if they heard what you just said, slave blocker? They'd be just like crying and like shaking in their corners. <laughs> yeah, <right now. laughs> but uh, I don't think so. The world history will fit in like 1.5 MB with ordinals messed up. <laughs> Can I bring up two news articles? Sure. There was... There was two things that caught my eye this week. One was the, I think it's Honduran city of Prospera, uh, the little province that's like semi-autonomous from Honduras. They have decided that Bitcoin BTC is actually going to be their unit of account for city taxes and like uh, local like taxes and stuff like that. So like city services um, and taxes and things like that. And I found that to be really intriguing. And another thing is is that 
apparently in Argentina, the very first contract for like leasing an apartment was done in Bitcoin now. So there's somebody renting an apartment for Bitcoin every single month in um, in Argentina now. Just, just so you know, I can vouch for the fact that there are already apartments being rented in Monero. I'm not going to name any names, but there might even be a website coming soon, uh, Monero.homes. A little birdie oh, told wow. me about putting up rental spaces for Monero. Non-KYC, by the way. Yeah, it's it's it, what's cool about launching the website this way is where the traffic comes from would be irrelevant. Like you could do it on XMR Bazaar, you could do it directly on the website, you could do it wherever. Um, I mean, what do I'm I know about it? Though? I'm just some guy, but someone somewhere there might be a domain that is XMR dot or Monero dot homes. I think it was. I do think uh, tokenized real estate is going to be pretty big, and that'll require like approval from some kind of governing body. I don't know what governing body is going to be the first to do it. Yeah, that that company is called Arbaro, by the way, and it's registered in I think the state was Alaska, and they might have already done all the paperwork for it. But yeah, uh, real estate on uh, smart contract is actually also already a thing, and there's already a company for managing it. And they have a token system and everything. Yeah, even the uh, people get the idea that it's uh, some people are just talking that uh, when the pro delisting will happen, price will drop. Yeah, price will drop, drop. But you have to look at the development, like Seraphis development, Jamtis, as well as the full chain membership group, as well as the other projects like Zcash. Uh, just uh, the a few days, a few months ago, they just removed the. BOSL license, like the news is Zuko got like kicked. A new CEO came for that electric point company and they just removed all those restrictive license. So entire Orchard Crate as well as Halo 2, it's like fully MIT now. You just have to look it up. And then suddenly they started talking about detection keys to make the transaction faster, like the zero knowledge proof faster as well as liberated payment and uh, uh, when you s- look at the Firo development it's happening with the Lelantis part when all these privacy projects are getting developed then suddenly you get here that Binance will delist everything so there is a pattern so you can see that the, the enemies are afraid sorry sorry uh, I'm back here um, the, the thing is that what I find really ridiculous is, for example, Litecoin. Um, I don't know what their extension block thing is. They use Mimblewimble, and that's how I buy Monero. I buy Litecoin, I send it to Cake, I swap it, that's it. But there is a privacy aspect, so that's sort of like a very uh, subtle clown world that they actually have a privacy coin listed and and they don't even know yeah, about I, it or something. The sad thing about this is Mimblewimble is an interesting technology, but the thing is it's interactive. So uh, the thing is you have to be online. So with the lightning, so there is that issue. But the thing is compared to lightning, the Mimblewimble tech is actually better. But the thing is it's implemented in such a way. So the usage is too low. 
Hey, slave blocker. Whenever you're not talking, will you mute it so we don't hear the the breathing in the wind? Oh, okay. Sorry. No, it's all good. Thanks, man. Your mic has gotten a lot better, though. It's so much better. I appreciate it. You know, there was something that Body was talking about in the Price Report, um, where he frustratingly and begrudgingly called uh, that that coiled spring idea, right? Where the longer something stays the same the more pent up speculation that eventually is released. There's actually a mathematical principle behind that too, that is pretty solidly demonstrated throughout history. And it's the idea of the fractal mathematics behind all price for everything. Mm -hmm. Um, So basically the longer something sustains itself within an economy, uh, because economies are like just naturally, they, they call them circular, right? Like Monero wants to build a circular economy. But it's actually you could almost that you you would be better off thinking of it in three dimensions as a uh, spiral, and it either spirals up or it spirals down, right? An economy either grows or shrinks as market share. So just like the dollar continued to spiral up as far as its market share, right? And you can always find historical events that will repeg it to the fractal, right? Um, and that's one of the reasons why there's usually some, as he was saying before, a macro event, right? That ties it to its it, the fractal mathematics. But there's always an event that will repeg anything within an economy to either a fractal like growth or decline in its market share and therefore its price. Okay, um, and then anything that prolongs the period in which that move happens will then make the spike when it does happen larger because that's the nature of an exponential growth curve is whenever you deviate from it, the longer you deviate from it, the larger the move to repeg to that exponent. Uh, I, I really hope I'm not making this too wordy because I'm hoping that the, the, the wider audience will understand this because it's incredibly important and it's, it's, it's very, very consistent it's one of the most consistent technical moves in market. Well, the thing is, is we actually have a basket of repegging events that may be that particular event for Monero. And just about every single one of them is positive if it hasn't been priced in. And here's what I mean by that. Something that is priced in is a delisting. Well, that's negative. It doesn't seem to have had a very large effect on the fractal, right? Um, and But th- there was like a drop, right? And that delisting coincided with when the head and shoulders was forming. And it's almost like the powers that be saw the technicals behind it. Oh no, there's a head and shoulders forming. Let's fuck with the price. So they did, right? But it had a tiny, tiny effect. Yep, if that's exactly what's happening. In the event, it would have been explosive. Mm-hmm. Right. If if it would have been the event that repegged the exponent, it would have dropped the price down to like, you know, 40 USD for an XMR or whatever. But that didn't happen. Now, on the flip side, we have Seraphis, right? Seraphis has not been priced in to the Monero price, obviously, right? So, but that would be a positive Right. So if that ends up being the repegging event, well, that would be on the positive fractal pattern. Okay. Well, if it's a positive fractal pattern and we're looking at it happening, you know, months from now or whatever, I don't even keep up because to me, one XMR is one XMR. Fuck the dollar. 
right? But the thing is, is that that is going to be a much, much larger move, and it would clearly be a positive move. Who's going to say that Seraphis is bad for Monero? Nobody, right? But another thing about what Slave Blocker was just saying, if, if we were to put together this thought experiment and then run the experiment, and then it proves to be true, and that data were to go out into the wider world, that would be a massive price move for Monero. And it would be Monero versus BTC probably, which in a lot of ways would be better because it would be both price and market share. And so it would be just, it would be fucking massive if what he's saying is true. No, uh, so what would be massive is if Jeff Bezos turns on 6,000 Antminers X5 and just mines empty blocks and that's it for us. Just a question I wanted to ask uh, also, Doug. Uh, what would you rather do? Give up your keys of Monero or go to jail? Yeah. Uh, what, what, jail. Uh, what keys are you talking about? <laughs> voting accident. Everyone once in a while gets to the voting accident. Give up my keys if I had them. Why would I? Why yeah, would I mean, I've, I've got like a general GPS location of where the ship went down, but um, yeah, I, I could give you that. I found this interesting, this one, yeah, Doug has like a yesterday's, uh, uh, this one video about that Wasabi wallet developer. The, even like they're starting to wake up because they had like the design decision that, yeah, like even they are telling that Samurai has, if they get a letter with their whirlpool transaction, they will just close it. And until they can resist it, they, they will, they can, but, uh, the Wasabi wallet, made the decision to open the letter. So now they are facing consequences. So, yeah. So every, uh, it shows that all road leads to Monero. Now, the thing is happening with the current news, like the BCH, XMR, atomic swaps. Now, just think, Cake Wallet having those features. How much expansion, just liberating tool it will be in like Latin American countries or like Vietnam or like those other places. Just have like a so even like a useful so transparent coin. Okay, just let it, let BCH be the guy. Then let's see. And if you can just atomically swap and just hide your identity and just swap it to Monero, you'll see all road will lead back to Monero. So it will be a general process to the great adoption it will come. And I think we have to make sure that the, the adoption is happening in other activities, like the culture of Monero, which actually worked well. That's why Zcash and Firo are having so much problem. Uh, the culture of Monero could be protected, like suppose having transaction in gold, like a physical gold bars tra trading with Monero or like a cash with okay. gold, cash with Monero or even bullets. Like it's best to have a culture of trading of like what's what's actually money. Money is what which cannot be like uh, it's cannot be created by a, a tyrant or a king, but it it is used for like useful trade. Suppose a uh, gold or like wood or even bullets. I think we should uh, increase the culture of just having trading uh, in this one of gold, physical gold, or even like in US. I think oh. it will be good, like trading ammos or like that. Hey, ITP, it will be just a quick reminder. Good this 
last interview that was just on this show, they're trading in salt and in wood. And salt has been traded for 3,000 years as far as a year. Yeah, that's true. And it's so hilarious. we have to keep up the culture. If you're, if you're in a place like the United States, people say, oh, salt, you be money. And it's like, well, clearly salt hasn't stopped being yeah. money. And it's held its when value it incredibly well if people are still using it. Yeah, you still it, need to right? eat salt. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you still best to trade in gold or like Monero or salt. Yeah, it's a good trading option. So, we should actually encourage that culture. And that's one of the things about Monerotopia that makes me really excited about such a project is going one town at a time to try to encourage circular economies that then trying to focus on the places that are doing it now and expanding it. Because the reality is, is if you have like seven or eight places within seven or eight different jurisdictions where a person can go and, and their Monero is accepted for anything that they could possibly need, you know, and that's one of the things that we're trying to build up here. I'm trying to make sure that you can rent a property in Monero non-KYC or somebody is. I don't know who. Yeah, <laughs> and we could mitigate the, the mistakes like the El Salvador those guys made. Like the people sometimes they will protest like they want real cash or they don't trust the cyber money. Okay, fine. Just use gold. Just show them. Oh, you like real money? We're showing you a direction of real money. Just use gold, real gold, like bullets, or just use like Monero. So that direction, the culture is actually good. So yeah, I think the Argentina thing, it will be funny. Even if like uh, it's uh, actually all for CIA assets because they want for the geopolitical interest. We have to see how it's useful to us. Can we advance the culture of gold ownership or trading or Monero ownership or trading, like having 12 word seeds or 18 words poly seed or having the culture of peer to peer trading. So, yeah, eventually all roads, everything will lead back to Monero. So that culture is actually extremely important to implement this one in this Argentina experiment. So. Yeah, because uh, like uh, it's not like a constitution republic. So we have to show them that this is the way that, yeah, you have to eventually trade with bullets also. You have to trade like you have to make you have to make sure the culture is there so that uh, a ground ground up. There is a culture that they can get political also and they can get those rights back so that way we have we have a success story and that way we can just transform the entire country slowly step by step because uh the enemies fear that because whenever there is an advancement in uh, this one uh, in the privacy coin or zero knowledge proof the enemies started making sure there is a noise about delisting or there you will get news articles about it's been used in the dark market that's actually a good thing we should celebrate it more we should openly yeah, celebrate the, the it if it's working yeah if it's working for the criminals then it's over, working like for it. everyone yeah the, one of the things that i always try to point out when people start talking about you, you always need to switch the narrative the minute that you see it happening as soon as somebody finishes their piece on Oh, you know, blah, 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 abusing children. And then you flip it on him and you say, let me tell you 
how terrifying all of this abusing of women and children is. This is why we need Monero. Because the fact that some guy, you know, because it's always like they're thinking of some guy just like beating his wife or whatever. The fact that some guy can control the finances of his wife by just going through her wallet. This is why we need more XMR. (laughs) Or it's like the fact that if a person wants to, you know, send his daughter to a private school, but that transaction is interacted or is interrupted at the border. Like, this is why we need XMR. You you just like turn it on them immediately. You know, like the, these poor, you know, rural Argentinian children that can't get any food because they can't get remittances without XMR wallets. Like, this is why we need XMR, right? You just need to immediately flip these articles in favor yes, of true. freedom. And it, yeah, it, like, it sucks the life right out of the argument. Yeah, and we have to like loudly say that, yeah, it's true. Criminals are using Monero. That's a good thing because criminals have been existing since the beginning of time. And if we have more tools like Monero or like even fully automatic machine guns, it will actually solve the problem. Like every time I hear argument about gun control yeah what the heck are you talking about the, oh all the time school shootings are happening because there is no amount of defense if we have like a successful generation of people holding guns guarding the school even the teachers are armed it will not happen it will have a stronger civilization a stronger a community and, and a culture way to say it too what you want to do is you want to say something like Anybody who opposes uh, like uh, Second Amendment rights hates women or people who oppose the use of Monero hate children or like, yeah, that's actually you're, you're good pro-rapist if you don't support XMR, right? You have to do the same thing that these other people like to do with their nonsense. Yeah, you have to actually, yeah, yeah that is correct. Mm-hmm. You have to actually argument in such <laughs> wait, a way wait. that you have to show them that actually they are the main enemy. And we actually, we are the one who are solving the problem. And it's not that there is an easy solution. We are showing them different, different solutions for different, different problems. Like gold, if you want to keep real money uh, for internet money like for transmission purposes use monero or like use graphene os for communication use simplex chat simplex chat app for like good amount of communication use dark web for a good amount of internet getting getting information or just using like guns for security that's actually good culture yeah kuno like fundraisers are, are one of one of the best things we could focus on whether it's kuno or something else but just this idea of fundraising with monero anonymously for causes that wouldn't be able to raise money otherwise using the traditional banking system is it yeah uh, yeah we have to understand that the argentinian people even with melee yeah, we, we they won't get like Milton Friedman type of knowledge or like Hayek, Hayekian knowledge or like even Rothbard type of, they will have the mindset even uh, immediately. But we have to slowly just show the way correctly. So I think uh, the uh, girls, uh, expansion of the Second Amendment in Argentina and expansion of Monero or, and gold, I think that will be like guns, bullets, Gold as well as Monero. I think that tagline will actually will 
liberate a lot of people and it will actually give give us a road towards success well mining mineral not buying it uh, that's what i would su- suggest yeah i would also prefer well, uh in the above mentioned question of mine <laughs> but i have no keys so i don't know what uh, what, what it's about yeah everyone lost their keys in voting accident I think Monero can fit into a lot of ideologies. And then uh, I would just say that the overall utility of Monero, there's no ideology behind the convenience of being able to send money to anyone anywhere in the world without having to worry about anybody spying on you. Like that's just that's just very basic utility that I don't think is necessarily affiliated with any particular ideology. And and that's why you know, the idea of saying uh, uh, Senator Warren hates women support Monero. And if people are like, what the hell are you talking about? Senator Warren hates women. And you say, well, how am I supposed to like help these feminists fighting for freedom in Iran if I'm not allowed yeah, to use that's Monero? Like, Senator Warren hates argument. women. You have to say it like that. Or you have to say like, Democrats hate voting rights. <laughs> and then you're like, why do Democrats hate voting rights? Well, if they oppose the free exchange of XMR, they're helping people. Uh, they're, they're they're preventing people from voting their conscience. And yeah, that same that idea could be for three D printing. I think that's useful in a certain context. Um, I generally try and save those inflammatory trolling kind of um, comments when I'm trying to hold up a mirror to someone that's doing that to me. Right? They're like, "Oh, well, you just you just support terrorism and you support money laundering. Uh, you support." Uh, uh, you know, human trafficking because you support Monero. You what I'll do, so I'll first try and like reason with them. Be like, well, hang on, hang on. Let's like let's use real logic here. Let's let's not use inflammatory logic. That's not a real conversation. So I'll first try and like direct them towards a real conversation. And if they're unable to do that, well, then I'll start responding with those cheeky kinds of um, you know, the you know, well, okay, well, you just you hate uh, you hate women, and and obviously uh, you hate freedom and you hate democracy because you don't you know. So and then when they start when they're like, Well, well that's not fair, you can't just say that, but like, well, bro or girl, whoever I'm talking to, I'm just holding up a mirror to what you said, right? You use these kinds of um rhetorical fallacies and tactics to try and make a point, but I'm I'm not uh you know, I'm not interested in that kind of speech. So if you're gonna do that, well this is what it feels like. And so I'll usually try and like get the conversation back on the rails that way, but I won't use that as a primary tactic. Persuasion yeah. is an art and a science. It's like there's definitely things that you can study to be able to get better at it. I will say from personal experience, doing the whataboutism argument where you're like, well, how many, you know, if Monero is done for crimes, how many crimes does the dollar do? Like that argument is generally ineffective from my personal experience. 100%. That's exactly yeah, what I'm getting at. Like a lot of the time, these reasoned arguments that people who support Monero are trying to use, like it, you're, you're using them on the wrong crowd because the people who use rational arguments find their way here on their own it's not hard for them to figure it out like you have to master the art of rhetoric as a weapon and you have to beat the living hell out of the ignorant population until morale improves that's what i'm saying that is also so I, I think there's like a very dangerous line to walk here um because it's easily like, okay, that's sort of like the gray Jedi area. I'm not really into Star Wars or anything, but you know, to use an analogy, that's sort of gray Jedi area. And that can be like, that can be useful. That's like art of war stuff, but it's very easy to lose your principles in the process of doing that. Um, it's very easy to, de- to evolve in, uh, to devolve into being like a Bitcoin maximalist and to only using those kinds of tactics. So like, 
are we can't really claim to be better if we just fight in the same dirty ways that our enemies fight. The only way that we win these wars, that we win this fight, is by maintaining um, some kind of like some semblance of philosophical consistency and congruency. So we always have to be able to speak. You you need to be able to marry up. You you need to be able to marry up the rhetorical ability that you're talking about with um, directing people towards better logic. Like you kind of you have to do both at the same time. And you constantly have to use that rhetorical prowess to be able to direct people into a better way of thinking, to help show them out of that darkness of, of just like emotional rhetorical thinking and into a better into a better path. I completely yeah. agree. Yeah, and that's that why Douglas Tuman for president, body for treasury secretary. I will be your uh, your your general, and I will destroy. Yeah, the thing enemies. is, uh, arguments. Yeah, you have to understand that the, everyone will not be super smart. So yeah, the thing about we have to check that. Okay, we have to look where when we will defend. For an argument, when when is the offensive time? So suppose in Iran or like China, no one is printing 3D printed guns and fighting the government. So we have to argue in such a way that look, you are trying to block the access of 3D printing uh, of guns, but look, you are actually helping the Chinese government or you are helping the jihadists. So you have to uh, argue also in in times. You have to argue in such a way that the stupid people will eventually they will know that actually who the real enemies are. So, yeah, Askanon is telling something correct. But, yeah, we have to uh, like Brandy is telling like our arguments have to be like perfect. Like it has to be correct. Correct. Actually, our argument has to be correct and it has to be designed in such a way so that we could counter all our enemies points. Yeah, one of the reasons why I love the inflammatory argument, like machinery, um, it's, I mean, I'm sure you guys know, I love a well-reasoned argument and all that, but it's a very quick way to disengage the, um, the fear of being open-minded. So a really good example is, um, you know, you know, when people are talking, you know, you always hear about like, the the money laundering argument. I mean, it just never fucking goes well. Well, bad people use Monero. And then you'll see all of these people who are like our XMR apologist people like, yeah, but you know, it's it's same with the dollar or like, you'll always hear people say like, oh yeah, but good people also use Monero. And of course we all know that. But if, if somebody says, oh, we have to ban it because bad people use it. Yeah, you can do the same thing that everybody's done a thousand times. And then, well, there's a reason why the enemy still uses that argument. It's because there's still people that it works on, right? But if somebody says, oh, evil people are using Monero because they're child predators. And then you come back with, don't ever ban Monero or you hate children or you hate women, right? Like, Basically, immediately that person who have, would have been herded into, well, I can't support Monero because that'll make me look like a child pornography apologist or whatever. Now they're backed into a corner of like, even if they want to go that route. Yeah, but what, um, what's the clearest version of that argument, right? I, I, well, I just make this shit up on the fly. I think the clearest version like, of argument will be overship. The problem is the, the, you know, the, the Monero is used by terrorists, is used by whatever perverts on the internet to, to purchase mm-hmm. child porn. Those are very visual, straightforward, 
arguments. It doesn't, it's, it's not abstract at all. So what's the non abstract version of that for saying, okay, yeah, the non abstract version, nope, it looks like I think you support X, Y, and Z where it's completely obvious to somebody that it's, it's if, just as bad. If you sub- this is how I would do it, Doug. Like just as a perfect example, if you're talking about the child predator thing. The first thing you need to do is you need to blast them with the most like radioactively rhetorical thing that you can come up with, which is if you support uh, banning XMR, then you support the beating and murder of women. And then they'll be like, how does that even make any sense? And then you, you say the people who are most likely to abuse women and children use financial repression. In other words, they keep a woman's money from her so she can't leave. And XMR is the best way for a woman to earn money that cannot be stolen so she can leave an abusive situation. And the children that are abducted and molested and raped the most are a single mother's children in an abusive relationship. So therefore... If you support banning XMR, you are pro-child abuse and you are an evil, horrible person. You see what yeah, technically it's true. I know how inflammatory yeah. that is. But the thing is, yeah, you take the true. weapon that is being deployed against XMR and you turn it up to a thousand and put it right back at the person who's using and, it. So the, the, only, the only issue there is that while you're technically correct, there's no example. <laughs> of women now using Monero as a tool for those purposes. That's not true. We have <laughs> probably a thousand women that have fled Iran yeah. using XMR. Yeah, and we could even like, that needs to be yeah, high. Like, that's why I think like the Kuno, yeah. the Kuno fundraisers are a good example, right? Because those are, are very visual. You can see it working. Um, you could support causes in ways you weren't able to do so before. Some minority group in some part of the world can now receive funding for their righteous political cause in, in some yeah, team. Yeah, that is correct. But yeah. we have to even like, we have like real examples, like Doug's two men, like in New York, he ran for elections, but then he started, I think he even said that he started getting message about if you support you're, if you support him, like you, you are a terrorist or you're supporting terrorists, like even Doug said, like you, you have got from your constituents those messages, right? Yes. Oh, uh, so, so the uh, next all, all, defensive argument. Oh, so the next argument will be like, if you go like shift to suppose a more red state or like they have a rhino Republican or like a weak candidate who wants to give gun control. So you just blast it over there that look, I'm oppressed. You have to use your enemy's argument also. Like I'm oppressed. I got uh, the argue. I got acquisition and those acquisitions are fake. Like till now, those acquisitions are fake. So you have to, you have the evidence and it actually happened to you in real life. So you can radioactively blast it to everyone while you run for your next election in suppose a red state with a weaker candidate. So you can just amplify your message and show that, oh, I was oppressed. So you can use the enemy's logic of oppressor and oppressed. And you can just amplify it to such a way that you can actually get more adoption. I too. So when I used to train people for propaganda, 
um, what I used to describe the what you're getting at here, I used to call it emotional judo. Okay, so people yeah, get emotional true. about these arguments regardless of whether or not you participate in them. And that emotion becomes the bedrock by which lay people are led into carrying out the will. And another thing that I I used to call it was uh, necromancy, right? So if you think of like the ignorant masses as like a, an army of zombies, a necromancer is somebody who steers the zombies, right? Who is, who, who is using the walking dead as their personal cannon fodder, right? And either you exploit this battlefield the way that it already exists, or you can waste your resources fighting against it. And so the reason why I'm such a strong advocate on whenever there is a high volatility emotional argument being conducted, as soon as people are exploiting the neotenous behavioral patterns of the average individual, neoteny is like the, the biological principle where you want to protect things that look weak and innocent. So for example, like you want to protect babies on a biological level, right? If somebody is exploiting these biological mechanisms, either you have to turn that around or you can battle against it. Battling against it will always take more energy is turning it around. So the reason why I would like to arm the rational, logical arguer with the Aristotelian art of rhetoric on a much higher level is because if you're better at it, it will take that off the battlefield. The reason why they keep using the protection of children, because it works. That means that you need to make it stop working. And that is the only way that you are going to get through to the zombies that are being manipulated in this way, which is why, you know, on on the morality side, You know, Monero is really good about putting our money where our mouth is. And one of the reasons why I was like, I mean, I was straight harassing Tux in the chat, like get the wallet for donations, get the Kuno, get, I need the donation thing. Because it's like, here's this guy who's a guest on the show, right? And it's like, either we send him some money or it doesn't keep happening. So let me find a way to send this guy some money, right? Yeah, that is true. And the thing is, is now... You take that and you turn it into, or it's one of the reasons why I was trying to get a, like at least a little segment about donating a laptop to uh, Blimp, right? Like it's, it's more than just about the laptop. It's about trying to show, trying to take the goodwill of the Monero community and trying to blast it out there. Okay. And we, and we need to do that. Because then when they come and they say, either you have to ban Monero or blah, 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 child porn, right? Well, you have to be able to flip it on them and you have to have it already in your arsenal. Pamphlets printed, YouTube video made, all of that shit and be like, well, here's the thing. Here's a video that's easily digestible on your cell phone about how banning Monero will put millions of children at risk. You see what I'm saying? Like, yeah, you that have is to true. Ready to That's go. actually a good idea. Yeah, the thing is, yeah, like, if you look, as in the entire history, there has always been incident about this one. Like, even in Islamic countries, there is now, even right now, a culture of women are getting, like, less financial advantage or even basic freedom. So, actually, we have the arguments already with us. But now we have 
another argument like Doug, if he wants, he can run for like some uh, congressman or senator in some red state, not New York. <laughs> because the last time it doesn't didn't work. So if he goes to another red state and actually he should run for the office. And if he runs, so he could tell his life story as loudly as means radioactively as possible so that he, it will reach more people that actually the incident happened to him. So now we got a real argument so that we, we have to use all our strategy and tools to win all the arguments and that way we will have the cultural effect, the culture war, like we'll have the cultural effect. And like I said previously, the Argentina experiment as well as the Monero's penetration to the gun community. I think that's the Second Amendment community is the most vital thing it's needed. Uh, the yeah reason I think after Bitcoin's uh, reason TV they will just mention it in few years. Hold on, Remsey wanted to say something about what you just said. Go ahead. Oh yeah, I just wanted to say like another argument you see a lot about proof of work currencies is like the environmental thing, like it's wasted energy. And I think the Bitcoin community did a really good job of turning the argument on its head. And you're like, no, it's actually really good for the environment because it makes uh, green energy like renewables more profitable and it allows you to balance the grid. Yes, more yes that's true. Plus tanks as well as fighter jets produce more uh, uh, environment hazards than ever Bitcoin mining could do. Actually, it's actually a good idea. We have to use all our arguments against our enemies. Every argument. All right, guys. I think we could end it there. We are literally uh, a minute away from a four-hour show here. <laughs> another another epic. Blocker, do you have a contact before this show cuts off that you could share? Uh, I, I wanted to say thank you so much, Doug, for everything you do and uh, appreciate the last guy on for his sermons and body as well for his TA. Um, well, I guess I will be here next Saturday and have some more rants for you. Please, please. Um, my mic will be my mic will be nice by then, I thought. Yes, Blocker, can you share a way to contact you in the private chat? Uh, yeah, if you go to getmonero.org slash library or just go to github.com slash slave minus blocker and there is also a direct IP call system and yeah, there is like, uh, it's just donor at gmx dot the, <coughs> yeah. All right. Well, uh, if you can't find you, jump on next week, jump on anytime really. Yep. Uh, thanks, thanks to everybody that participated. I think you thanks for uh, slowly becoming a regular here on the show. Alaska Anon, as always, Baldy. Um, Remsey, I think you Fantastic left. Fantastic show. Short Wave Surfer, as always. Thank you, man. And everybody else who's listening, you're, you're welcome to join any show. Just jump up on stage at the end. That's what this is all about. We want to uh, you know, make this a platform where people can just get out ideas with without censorship. Obviously, keeping it uh, somewhat related to the topic. This show is fire, bro. <laughs> What's that? Yeah, actually, it's actually good. Like, we have to, like, the thing is happening right now. Like, all the guests are coming. Like, the the Wasabi Wallet developer happened. And I think next one will be Samurai Wallet guys. Those guys, right? They will come next? Uh, yeah, hopefully. I would love to have them on. I, I yeah. Think- 
Then it's after that, yeah, you just have to see like the culture is shifting. Like even with coin join and non-implementation of confidential transaction, if they just have like atomic swap with Monero, all their problems could have been solved anyway. So that culture should be uh, uh, alive. And yeah, one day maybe Doug will again try for election. I don't In know. Actually, a better state. I, th- I think my efforts are better suited here. Uh, going the cypherpunk route, building the, building out the circular economy. But we no, shall... you can do both. Like, uh, yeah, well, okay. right now it's like weird timeline. Anything could happen. Anything could happen. Uh, are we not on YouTube anymore? YouTube, uh, we're on YouTube. We are still live. Yeah, we're still live. I'm about. I'm going to oh. do the outro. Oh, okay. All right, do the outro, and you guys okay. continue to talk behind the scenes later, everybody. Thank you for joining us on this week's Mineratopia episode. We stream live shows every Saturday at 11 a.m. Eastern. You can find and subscribe to our show on YouTube and Odyssey, or listen to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or Stitcher. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter or join us in the Mineratopia Telegram group. See you all next week.